Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. People of Twitter, Twitch, Twitch, <laughs> people of Twitch, it's me, Yemi the Ferret here, and we are going live with Ferret64 Podcast on Twitch. That's right. How's everyone doing today? Hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, was able to come home a little bit early and uh, read up on my articles a little bit more and uh, just do everything that I wanted to do. Before getting started, so here we are. We're live. We're here. I know what you guys are saying, Yummy. Why? Why haven't there been like any clips, you know, on the Ferris 64 channel? Uh, that's because I've been forgetting to do them. That is literally, literally the reason why there have been clips. <laughs> so I apologize to anyone who's been waiting for them because they want those bite-sized nuggets. I will try my best to remember to do those next or yeah sunday right sunday usually release those so yeah i'll try and remember to do more on saturday or make them on saturday to do put them up on sunday and i'll do a few from like the past few podcasts that have been uploaded anyways um i'm yummy the third of course aka yummy and i am your leader in in everything video game news on the fair 64 podcast if you're listening to this on the archived version whether it's on Audio-only forums like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you. And if you're listening to this on the official YouTube channel, Fair64 Podcast, I appreciate you as well. So yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it, guys. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. What, what has everyone been playing? I don't know, but what have I been playing? Now there's the real question. What have I been playing? What has Yummy been playing this past week? That's right, it's everyone's favorite part of the podcast where I talk about the games that I have played this past week. Uh, As you all know from Twitch streaming that I have been playing through Castlevania Symphony of the Night, we finished uh, Civil War, A Nation Divided, uh, three streams ago now, and the clip compilation for that is actually up on the channel right now, the Emmy the Ferret official YouTube channel, if you want to check that out. Lots of fun times. I feel like we're starting to hit a stride with streaming, and things are getting, like, the best that they can be, and that's good. I'm happy. Uh, 
But anyways, what have I been playing? So I've been playing Symphony of the Night. I'm going to hold off on giving my, uh, you know, retro review until next week. I think by next week we'll f have finished it. So I'm going to hold off even giving any thoughts about it either because I have not finished the game yet. Uh, when I do end up fin finishing the game, I will give you all my final thoughts on it here. But as for right now, I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to go ahead and move on. Because, you know, I've been kind of messing up because... What I like to do is I like to upload the retro reviews in quotations. So, like, the Civil War game, uh, I played uh, whatever the last game was, Ori, Ori in the Blind Forest. I split those up into, like, two separate podcasts. So I did my first impressions, and then I did my, old, you know, ending impressions, right? And I really, like, you forget to say things in one or the other, and uh, I just want to do them all in one condensed spot. So that's why we're not going to talk about Symphony of the Night today. We'll talk about it next week if we do finish it by next week, which I'm pretty sure we will. Um, I think the the I, we're getting on like six or seven hours now with the game, and uh, we kind of cruised through it last stream towards the end. And uh, I think that um, by next week we'll have at least gotten to the the end or the boss or the final area. I don't know. It's uh, it all depends how it goes tomorrow and Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and Monday. So we do have three streaming days in between, but we shall see. Alright. Let's talk about uh, Gears Tactics. So Gears Tactics is the new Gears of War game in the franchise dealing with Emergence Day, uh, which is the, uh, you know, the first time that uh, the uh, Locust came out of the ground. Uh, it's a tactical uh, game in the in the same vein as XCOM and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of differences in this game, but there's also a lot of similarities. Now, me personally, I'm not a major fan of this type of gameplay, right? Uh, I, th I thought that I would like this game more than I did, and I'm glad that I got the Xbox Game Pass for PC in order to play it for like $5. Um, so far, I, I'm, I'm up and down with it, right? I, I, I think that the game needed a little bit more something to it, a little bit more oomph. You know, I, I just, I, I'm not, like, enjoying it fully right now, but I'm also not, like, saying, like, oh, this game sucks, right? It's kind of, like, in the middle for me. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of this style of game, but I do think that it, there's some games that do it really, really well, like, uh, Mario and Rabbids. Um, that was a pretty good one. See, like I said, this is a competent game. It's not like the worst thing I've ever played, especially in the Gears of War franchise. <laughs> Judgment. Uh, Judgment Day. But, uh, I, I think that, uh, in terms of, like, story and characters and stuff like that, it just doesn't seem like they're that interesting so far. I've, I've made it through about to Act 2, or, like, 2.5, I guess I would say. And, uh, so far, the characters are just not intriguing, and the gameplay is just not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. So, what's different about this game, uh, you know, from, like, a XCOM-type game? Well, there's a lot more options when going to attack, right? So, you have, like, executions you can do for enemies who are crawling and on the ground, kind of like in the usual Gears games. Um, there's also, you can use the chainsaw on your gun or your bayonet if you have a bayonet, or you can just bash people, which is a little bit different from most games. You also have a secondary, which is your pistol, and you have, uh, a grenade, a throwable. And those two, I believe they have, uh, a extra ability. The pistol, I know, uh, you can, like, concuss an enemy, and they'll get out of that 
uh, watch over state, overlook state, which means that they're like waiting for something to move in front of their vision and then they'll shoot them, which is a nice thing in this game. Albeit, it's a little bit annoying when you're going up against tons of locusts and they're all overwatching you, and you're like, okay, where's Tracer? Is she about to come out here and shove a grenade on my back? Like, what the hell? Um, but for the most part, this game has been, um, the gameplay, I'm sorry, the gameplay in the game has been, you know, kind of meh for me, right? It's just kind of in the middle. Um, you have two main characters in this game. I don't remember their names, I apologize. Uh, but I have two, there's two main characters in the game. One of them is, like, this gruff sergeant dude, and the other one is this, uh, washed, I guess you would say washed-up type character who, uh, he used to, like, command forces, but now he's, uh, ordered, he practically ordered himself to go into the motor pool and just fix cars and stuff like that, right? And the gruff manly man in green armor comes around and he's like, You got new orders, son. And he takes you off into a whirlwind adventure to fight Locus. Which is where the game starts up. And you, you meet your first enemies. And as you continue into the game, more and more enemies, of course, appear with different tactics. Gears tactics. Oh! <laughs> and uh, that's where it goes. There's different environments to, sh to play in as well. There, there's like basic cover. There's multiple tiers of levels. There's like hideout towers you can go up into as well for like major overwatchage. Is that a word? I don't think that's a word. But the main crux of it is, you know, get into cover, shoot, get into cover, shoot, you know, use a special ability if you need to, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, like I said, the gameplay isn't, like, the most amazing or revolutionary thing ever, but there are small tweaks to the gameplay that makes it a little bit more fun to play. Now, using a mouse and keyboard with this game is a little bit slow, to be honest with you, and I have not tried to play it with a controller, but it seems like you have to click multiple times in an area to get your guy to move or shoot his gun or something like that. It's really, really weird, um, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just slow. <laughs> uh, another new thing, well, not new thing, but another thing about this game is uh, each character you have has three, uh, I would say, uses? Is that is that what you're, is that is that the right word? They have three. They they have three like stamina points or whatever. So you can move up to three times, or you can move and shoot two times, or you can shoot three times, or you can you know use a special ability which might take up two, which might take up one. It, you have to be careful with that. Uh, you also don't want to like move your character into a position where you know he's stuck standing in the middle of the area because you know then you know he dies usually or gets downed. And the nice thing about this game is when a character does get downed, you have the chance to save him or he has a self-revive thing for the first time he goes down. Um but if 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 a, a locust or something comes by and and smashes his skull and you'll lose that character. Now the two main characters in the game, they can't die. If they die, then you have to restart checkpoint. But if like these smaller characters who join you throughout the game die, then all the upgrades and stuff like that that they got onto their character are gone, and you have to start fresh with a new character next, you know, the next time you play, which is a cool uh, thing as well. I have to play more of the game, of course. You know, uh, right now I'm just kind of like, you know, walking through it. Um, like I said, about I'm at like Act Two, two and a half or something like that. Um, and the, the the way the game, like the way the story is going, is like just kind of boring, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just, it's, it's literally just going through the same steps as 
any other Gears game, one through five, plus Judgment Day. Like, I, ju- I just see a bunch of similarities between those games. Saving people from the imprisonment cells, you know, uh, attacking the capital that's a locust held, you know, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's just it's one of those things that's like, you know, well, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um... So it does have it does still have that uh, Gears of War charm to it at least uh, you know it, it does it does it does look like a Gears of War game it has the same types of uh, characters in it as well oh I'm sorry they're not calling it Gears of War anymore they're just calling it Gears now um, because you know this is this is the timeline where Gears of War turned into a clock simulator right hehe. <laughs> Um, but this, I mean, the game's just on par with every other Gears game that came out since the Xbox One started. You know, I, I thought Gears 4 was a pitiful excuse for a game. Gears 5 was okay, but no replay value in there. And I, I just, by the end of it, I was like, you know, it's just too much walking around doing nothing for a game that's this action-packed. And then kind of the same thing with this one. It's just like, it's just a mediocre type game. You know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would recommend it to people who are fans of Gears of War. I would probably recommend it to people who are fans of games like this. That's, you know, like a turn-based strategy, you know, top-down type shooter type game. Um, and if, if you're a hardcore fan of Gears, of course, you're going to want to play this game for the background story and for the character and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know how many people in the uh, universe of, Gear, of the Gears of War games are that into Gears of War that they're like, Oh, man, I have to play this or else I'm going to miss out on the story, guys. But that's the... I mean, I'm not trying to knock Gears of War for its story because 1 through 3 had great story to it. Maybe more like 2 and 3 had great story. 1 was fine. I don't think that there was anything special about it, though. But 2 really amped it up in the story department. And so did uh, 3. Like, we we've, we got all these new characters. Things were actually happening in, in the story. Then Judgment came around. It's like, okay, we kind of know what's going to happen in Judgment. And then, you know, Gears 4 came around. It was like just a... You know, you, you could literally tell what was going to happen from, day, from the start of it. And then finally Gears 5 came around. It's like, there's nothing surprising here. Let's, 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 let's go, guys. I don't know. Just a goofy... Uh, I, I'm not saying, like, goofy, like, you know, I'm just saying it's kind of like, you know, it's just, a, like I said, it's a, it's a meh kind of game. It's, it's fine, you know? Nothing too special, but then again, uh, nothing too worse than any other Gears game that we played in the past few years. Okay? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, how's it going, Punisher? How you doing, Punisher? Hello, Chaotic Punisher. Hope you're doing well today. How's the audio sound, Punisher? I haven't been able to ask anyone yet. There's also a giveaway going on right now, guys, for Oh Sir, the Insult Simulator. Which is a pretty fun game that Player2 and myself played on his channel once. He beat me in it. Uh, always looking for more competition, I suppose. So exclamation point giveaway to join that. Let's go ahead and move on and talk about Remnant from Ashes. Remnant from Ashes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Still feeling poorly. Please respect my current name. Much appreciated. You said to call you Punisher. You told me to call you Punisher. Um, Alright, I'll call you Punitor if you want. So, um, Remnant from Ashes. Remnant from Ashes is a third-person Souls-like experience with uh, Souls-like mechanics in the game. Um... It's it's a it's a very interesting game. Uh, I went into this game really intru- like excited 
to play a game like this. I mean, there's no other Souls game where it's a third-person shooter. You know, yeah, there's still melee combat in it, but I feel like this game is much more open to different people because of the fact that you use guns in it. Yes, it still has some challenging bosses in it, and yes, um, you do have you you go around the areas to find items and get scrap to buy things, and you know you, there are similar things to like a Dark Souls or something like that. But the main difference is that this game is much more versatile in the fact that. Anyone can pick up this game and have a good time with it, I think, in my opinion. Um, I coaxed our friend Greedy Waffles, who just joined the chat. How's it going? Uh, I, I coaxed him into getting it because I told him that it was third-person shooter. And instead of... Uh, like, I did mention that it was Souls-like, but I think the fact that it's a third-person shooter enticed him a little bit more than Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne or Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, right? So, that, that's the thing I like about this game, is more people can possibly play it if they want to, because the overall challenge of the game is not so bad that, you know, people are going to be turned away at the first boss, kind of like Dark Souls 3 is. You know, Dark Souls 3, probably 2. I mean, Dark Souls 3's first boss is, like, right at the beginning of the game. You go through, like, the area with the really shitty enemies who take like one hit to kill even on the first playthrough and then you get this giant boss who transforms midway into like this giant gooey tar monster and people automatically were like okay this ain't the game for me but with remnant from ashes they give you this, this whole training mission and then once you get out of the training mission and go into the open world for the first time they're really hammering in like how these enemies react and how things work and even if um you get to, you know, let's say you get to the first boss and you think that you're not prepared. The first boss is easy enough and they give you enough cannon fodder enemies to replenish your ammo and stuff like that. That, you know, if, if, if you're not feeling confident about the game, you will feel confident very, very quickly because of the fact that, you know, the boss is so easy. Now, <laughs> I will say this, if you get Gore Fist, like Greedy Waffle did on his first playthrough, it is a little bit more of a challenge than Shroud, who I got on my first playthrough. Um... But the, the point still stands that Gorfus is easy enough. He's easy enough to telegraph his moves. Same thing with Shroud. Shroud gives major audio cues for what he's doing. Um, and it really t hammers home uh, a Souls-like, you know, experience. I'm not ready to rate the game yet because I just started talking about it. <laughs> um, so, th that's the thing about this game that's really cool, though, is... Your first playthrough can be different from someone else's first playthrough. And I'm so glad that Greedy Waffles has the game with me because I would never, I mean, I wouldn't have known until I started a second playthrough on the game that there's different bosses, there's more than, you know, they, they, you know there's different areas and stuff like that that pop up. Hey, Tarot Skull, how you doing today? So, like I said, my first boss was Shroud, and he has a, a completely different area to get to his boss fight. He pops up several times before his boss fight, too, to kind of peck at you and, and make fun of your accent, right? And then, finally, you get to have the last laugh on him. Differently, though, with Gorefist, Gorefist, there is really no lead-up to him other than the fact that you're going through the game collecting items and shooting enemies. And then Gorefist appears in this industrial area, area kind of like Shroud, but the difference is that he's a melee-based character instead of Shroud being a He's an archer, but he's a he's a long range character boss. So 
the differences are really major sometimes in the game. Now, Gorfist is just an upgraded version of a regular character, so is Shroud. You know, nothing too crazy there. And there are a few enemies like that that I that I got that I or bosses like that that I saw throughout the game, but it's not so egregious and that I was, you know, angry at or whatever, you know? So through my play through the game, I got a bunch of really cool bosses. One of them was this dog dragon thing that breathed fire that I got the best pistol from that I used to this day, to this hour. Um, also, uh, there was... Um, there's this really stupid boss that he was like, he had no head, his body was like open, and he was like just spewing poison like bombs everywhere, right? But he didn't know where you were until you like shot him. And it was just such an easy boss fight, and I was like, this is kind of weird. Uh, we're talking about Remnant from Ashes. Hey Coco, how you doing? Um... So, the bosses do vary in, in difficulty a lot, and some of them are worse than others. And then when we went through and played through on Greedy Waffles' campaign, of course, when we got to that area where I was like, oh, I know the boss that's coming here. He's he's gonna be a headless dude who runs around and spews gas or whatever. No, we got something completely different. We had this... Uh, he, he had this enemy in his game that was this, like, giant spike insect that was fused into the wall and shot spikes out of the bottom, shot spikes out of the wall, had a long sword that could attack you. And it was, like, such a different boss, and I was expecting something completely different, and at that time, I was like, holy shit, what is going on? And we kind of saw a pattern of that. Yes, there are some bosses who are in every single game because they have story or quest stuff to them, like the giant butterflies. Oh, giant butterflies, what are you, some sort of baby? No, they're actually a pretty difficult boss, and they actually utilize the fact that you're using third-person shooting mechanics to, to their, to their, because, like, Dark Souls 1 has a boss that's a big butterfly, right? And it, it shoots you a lot, and it flies around, but in the end, it comes really close and just sits there for you to wail on it, and it's like, funny. But this, 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 the two butterflies that I take in this game are actually pretty difficult. <laughs> um... But yeah, so there's so there like I said, there's some bosses that are in the playthrough no matter what, and then there's some bosses that you only get to through if you you know have us this you know it's it's random almost, and you can re-roll your world right like we found out you can re-roll it to try and get a different boss or a different dungeon, um, but like I said that that'll re-roll your entire world so you could end up getting harder bosses on your first playthrough than others. So I just suggest going through it. Um, you know, as as a normal playthrough. How's it going, Shinobi Nando? Uh, Terra Skull says I would have liked Remnant better if it didn't have bosses. Well, then you would have. That would have been a very boring game. Nothing to really work up to. You know, nothing to build to. When you're when you're shooting regular enemies and you're building up XP and you're getting new traits and you're getting new armor upgrades, it makes getting to the bosses a lot more fun because you're you're working up to it instead of like just going through a flat based game that has nothing to it. I, I think that the bosses in the game and the Souls-like quality of this game rises above a game that doesn't have bosses or a game that is just a normal third-person shooter with no with no difficulty at all. And I, I feel like that would have been such a worse experience. Um, let me talk about traits. So traits in the game are the upgrades. So you get them by leveling up, killing specific enemies, doing secret things in the dungeons. Um, there's this bell puzzle that'll give you uh, a new trait if you shoot the right bells in the right order. Uh, I don't think all the bosses were bad at all. That's a that's a shit take right there. 
Um, and like I said, you may have not have you might you might have gotten different bosses than I did. Uh, like the multiple playthroughs of the game will net you different bosses throughout the game. <clears throat> so the traits in the game are nice because they improve your health, your endurance, your reload speed. Um, just a whole bunch of different things. Some things you wouldn't even think of, like how fast I can walk, you know, or how long I can run. Like those things just, they don't, but there, there's a trait for it. Um, so the, the traits are really cool, especially how you acquire them. So, like I said, some of them are through bosses. Some of them are through, uh, you know, special things in the environment. Some of them are through leveling up and some of them actually pertain to if you're in a co-op mode or not. So like I revived Greedy Waffle like five times during my playthrough and I got a new, you know, trait that's, that's for faster reviving. And on the other hand, we also got one for, you know, being a team. So the closer we're together, the more XP or whatever we get. Yeah, there are a lot of traits in the game. And I think that they did that on purpose to try and get you to upgrade specific things. Or, you know, really think about what you want to upgrade. But, I mean, most games like this, RPG games like this, have a lot of skills to level up. And, you know, you're kind of forced to go, well, do I want health? Do I want to put it on strength? Do I want to put it on blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, you have different ways to play as well, like Coco said. There's different ways to play this game. So if you want to be more of a in-your-face type guy, you would upgrade traits for endurance and, you know, for for reloading especially and stuff like that. Another cool thing about this game that I really loved was the, uh, the runes or whatever you could put on your guns. So the two that I'm using right now, one of them is uh, always, like, it's a permanent thing on the gun that I have. It's a flamethrower attachment, which is really cool. And then the other gun I'm using, which is a sniper rifle, I can summon two helper skulls to shoot enemies for me. And it really helps with crowd control. Um, but there's so many different things you can put in your guns. Originally, I was using, like, this thing where you would charge it up and you would shoot multiple arrows at guys who are around you. Um, there's another one that I got that you put a healing aura around your, you, you know, the people in, the, in your party if you're playing with more people or just around yourself in general. Um, these do sometimes will open you up to attacks, so you have to be kind of... You know, gotta kind of know what's around you when you activate them. Uh, also, you have what's called the Dragon's Heart in this game, which is how you heal yourself, kind of like the vials and stuff in Bloodborne and stuff like that. Um, and essentially, uh, you have to. It takes a little while to use, and there is a trait for upgrading usage uh, that you, you you have to like put it up against your heart, and it takes a few seconds to use. And I think that um, adds a little bit of intensity to the game because if you're in the middle of a boss fight, you got to kind of know the boss's moves and know when's a good time to heal if you're damaged enough. Um, and it will also cancel out if you roll or something like that as well. And the same thing is for all the different you know, items that you can use, like the healing vial, which heals health over time. There's also, a, for pretty much every type of damage in the game, there's a vial or something you can use to, you know, cure yourself of radiation and, and poison and etc, etc. There's also an ammo crate that you can use that you get, uh, you max out your ammo. Uh, just a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, also in the game, other than multiple weapons, and you get a new weapon every boss you kill, so the more bosses you kill, the better. Um, you also get armor, necklaces, and rings, and all those things do different things to help you out. Uh, the game could have used more guns, and I think in the DLC, there's more guns, of course, and obviously there's more armor sets and stuff like that. So when you start up the game, you have the choice, well, I guess just a little bit through the game, you have the choice to choose from three different um, factions, three different character types. There's the uh, cultists, 
the Scrapper, and there's one other one that I forget the name of right now. And they each start off with two with different with different main guns. So the Scrapper starts off with a shotgun with like five bull, with five rounds in it. The Cultist starts off with a shotgun with two rounds in it, but it's more powerful. Uh, and then also the other guy starts off with a hunting rifle, which you know obviously can shoot faster, and it's only one shot per you know for, per thing, but it's a it's a long range rifle. You all start off with a pistol, the same pistol, um, and then you also get different armor sets depending on your playstyle. This game is on PS4, Xbox One, Steam. Uh, it's I, I don't know if it's on Switch or not. I'd have to double check. <clears throat> all in all. Despite popular opinion, I love this game. It is one of my favorite Souls-like games, and I look forward to playing through multiple playthroughs of the game. Greedy Waffle and I finished the playthrough on his game. We're going to finish it on mine eventually when I have time. Uh, the ending boss was a little annoying, but was well worth the build-up at the end. Uh, and I can definitely see how this game is going to get progressively harder as you go through multiple playthroughs of the game, you know? It's one of those things that's, like, I'm ready to go. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish up my playthrough, and I'm going to right away probably start up another playthrough of this game because it is just so much fun, and I really want to see how many different bosses, how many different variants of the world we can get. There's also secret bosses in the game that you can get through dungeons and also through just doing things, specific things in the story. Greedy Waffle got a different boss that I didn't get because I gave the heart to the guy who wanted the heart, and he said, no, I refuse, and so we had to fight the uh, a secret boss. And that's something that I didn't know about, and that was pretty cool. Um, but this game is so much fun. I think that if you're a Souls fan, you'll like this game. I think if you're a fan of third-person shooters, you'll like this game. If you're a fan of RPGs that are challenging, you'll like this game as well. Like I said, the first playthrough of the game is not that hard. Uh, I, I can attest to that, and so can Greedy. Uh, the only boss that really gave us trouble, I think, was the ending boss, and then there was also another boss, the Ent, which was, like, the second boss we faced in his game, and the Ent was, like, a difficult boss. But once I learned the patterns of his moves and stuff like that, I was able to, 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 to beat him uh, solo at the end of it, might I add, because Greedy Waffle got downed. So it's one of those things that's, like, I'm really excited to play through this game again, and maybe my opinion will change when I do a second playthrough, but I doubt it, because this game was really, really just a fun time and i really really enjoyed it and i'm just really looking forward to more more stuff now i will say this the multiplayer in the game is a little buggy uh there's been times where greedy just or or myself just stop moving and on on the screen and they just they they still turn and move like they would if they were walking around but they're only they're staying in one spot we've got disconnected a few times uh there's been a few times where messages have stayed on my screen for the entire time until a new loading screen comes up so the multiplayer i think needs a little bit of work especially the you know it's just it's just co-op so i you know the co-op definitely needs a little bit of work a little bit of tweaking other than that i think it's a it's a fantastic game it also causes my computer to run like my ps4 sometimes i don't know why it's really not that taxing of a game and i do have alienware i don't know why that's happening um but yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's like it's the, it's not even as bad as some of the other games that i've played on the pc you know like I, i've played a lot a uh, lot more taxing games so i don't i don't know so we are excited to get to the dlc i'm gonna wait for a sale for it though because the dlc does have mixed reviews but uh i can positively say that remnant from ashes is probably going to be one of my favorite games i played this year even though it came out last year and i can positively say that i'm probably going to play through this game multiple times throughout the year so all in all, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. 
Yes, yeah, sale for... I mean, look, it's it's got mixed reviews. I'm not going to spend a full price on something that has mixed reviews. I mean, you can go for it if you want to. I'm just... I'm, I'm thinking ahead. If, if it's not a good DLC, you're going to feel dumb for paying $10 and all I paid, like, what, five? <laughs> Three? So you can laugh at me all you want, but... It's smart. Uh, I carried the team for the Ent fight, and also the uh, the one fight with the spikes and stuff like that I, I did as well. <clears throat> so anyways, uh, yeah. Um, we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, we seem to always disagree on things, Terra Skull, so <laughs> it's, it's normal. Alright, so that is Remnant from Ashes. Um... Cool beans, cool beans. Uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, play more of it, and uh, eventually we'll play the DLC. All right, moving on to the news. What's the what's the latest haps in the the video game world, guys? Don't forget there is a um, a giveaway going on right now for Oh Sir, the Insult simu Simulator for Steam. If you want to join in on that, you can. So, Xbox came out with a statement on their website saying that, what can you look forward to in 2020? Well, what you can look forward to is called Xbox 2020. So, before we get to that, let's talk about the main things that they wanted to talk about here. So, it says, our goal remains to launch the Xbox Series X and Halo Infinite this holiday. So, obviously, Halo Infinite is going to be a launch title with the Xbox Series X, probably a bundle title as well. Um... They also said that all 15 Xbox Game Studios are hard at work on next-generation games for Xbox Series X and Xbox Game Pass. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, they also said the best development teams around the world are working hard to have their games ready to play on the Xbox Series X and Holiday. Uh, they said for PC players, we plan to support the community by making all our major releases at launch available with the Xbox Game Pass for PC, which includes Halo Infinite, Wastelanders 3, uh... Minecraft Dungeons and Microsoft Flight Simulator, that's pretty good. Also, they have updates and titles lined up for the Xbox Game Pass for console and PC, and they're expanding the Project X Cloud, which is the kind of like kind of like the Stadia, the Google Stadia. Uh, they're planning on adding new countries and new devices. Uh, so, and also the Xbox Game Pass is going to start working for the X Cloud in the future too. <clears throat> So, what is Xbox 2020? So, starting May 7th, on the new episode of Inside Xbox, they're going to be showcasing what happens next in the world of Xbox. So, every month, on the 20th of every month, I believe, they're going to be doing the, the special Xbox 2020 show. These will be monthly moments that are going to take place throughout the rest of the year and all the way until the launch of the Series X for them to engage, connect, and celebrate with you about what's in store for the next generation of gaming, including what's new for Series X, Xbox Game Studios, Game Pass, and blah, 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 blah. So for the 2020 May update, they're going to focus on giving you a first look at the next-gen gameplay, trailers, and sneak peeks from a variety of games, publishing partners, and independent developers across the globe, including Ubisoft's recently announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which we will talk about later. Where can you get it? Uh, so Mixer, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter... Uh, and YouTube, so you can go, you can, you can watch, watch from those places. Um, so this is cool of them to do, I mean, a monthly thing is better than a question mark thing, like, with PlayStation and Nintendo are doing right now. When's the next state of play? I don't know. 
When's the next Nintendo Direct? I don't know. Is it going to be a full Direct or is it going to be a short Direct? I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things. Um, so it's nice that Xbox has like plotted out their course and they're going to be showing us a lot more about these games. So I'm, I'm expecting to see Psychonauts 2 in one of these things. I'm expecting to see, obviously, a Halo Infinite or whatever it's called, Halo Infinity gameplay. I'm guessing they're going to be showing off a racing game like Forza or something like that. Uh, is Forza... Yeah, Forza is the Xbox One. Gran Turismo is Sony. Um, I'm, I'm guessing... I'm hoping they're gonna show off some Microsoft Flight Simulator, guys. That might be a system seller for me, since I'm not... I'm obviously not gonna be able to play it on my, on my computer. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting news from the world of Xbox, so we'll wait for more information on that in the future. Speaking of in the future, EA Play Live is going to be going digital in June. If you don't recall from last year and the year before that, uh, EA Play Live is before E3 starts, and people lump it in with E3 because it's around the same area. Um, but the, on the only difference is that uh, last year they talked about nothing. <laughs> like They talked about Star Wars, which was cool. But after that, they were like, uh, okay, so here's three old games that we've already talked about in depth, and they're already released, but we're talking about them. It's like, okay, whatever. So anyways, uh, X, uh, EA Play Live is going to be digital uh, on June 11th at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. World premieres, news, and more. You can go to ea.com slash EA Play for more information. So we don't know exactly what they're going to be showing off. I'm guessing they're going to be doing more Apex Legends stuff. I'm guessing they're going to be showing off maybe something about the new Battlefield that's coming around, which we'll talk about later. Uh, maybe they'll be showing off more FIFA, because everyone loves FIFA. Um, and they'll probably be talking about the future of just all the different studios they have under their wing right now. I mean, we definitely want to hear more from, from the Apex Legends and Fallen Order guys. Uh, which I forget their name right now for some reason. It's, it's, it's escaping me right now. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, a, a world premiere means there might be a new game, but it could just be, okay, here's Madden, you know? Okay, here's uh, here's FIFA, here's uh, whatever. You know, it's like, okay, cool. But, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, it would be interesting if they showed off a new character for Apex or maybe a new area they'll go to or whatever. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see on that one. EA is not that great at doing big reveals or at least from what we know of what we what we've seen um they're 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 their shows are a little bit boring and you know they get like they like last year's was like a one out of five for me because they talked about literally nothing the entire time that's of importance ever it was it was like a little bit of star wars and they're like the rest of its sports games and battlefield 5 and it's like that's great but they're the same every year and battlefield 5 is already out <laughs> So yeah, uh, we'll see what that is. Maybe we'll live stream it, 4 p.m. Pacific time. That would be well past the time that I'm hoping for work. So maybe we'll do that. FIFA more like fibla. <laughs> Oof. All right. Um, talking about more things that have been canceled. Evo 2020, which is the um, uh, the uh, video game competition stuff. Um, Oh, what's it called? Esports. It's the esports convention. I've, I I don't know why my brain is farting today. Um, Evo has been canceled. So they came out of, of like a month ago saying that they're still going for it. They're still going to do it. Buy your tickets. Purchase hotels. Blah, 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 blah. And finally, 
Uh, last Friday, they came out on Twitter and gave us a statement saying, Due to COVID-19, we are sadly canceling EVO 2020 at Mandalay Bay and refunding all purchase tickets. But to keep the EVO spirit alive, we're bringing the event online this summer. More information coming soon. The health and, the health and well-being of our community is our highest priority. We hope everyone stays safe during this time. The EVO team. So... It looks like they're... I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing, like, some sort of digital event. They haven't said, uh, what, when, or what, or where, you know, where to watch. But, uh, I'm sure they'll be talking about it more. Um, the nice thing is they've, of course, refunded arena tickets and hotel room reservations. I'm, I'm guessing there was a specific hotel they wanted you to, uh, stay at, um... But, yeah, there you go. A digital event makes sense, but for something like this, I mean, someone could easily cheat if they're, like, at home, playing at home on their own computer. They would have to set up some sort of, like, convention center still, or some warehouse, <laughs> where these people could go and use their equipment, you know? The games that were going to be showcased at this Evo were Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Under the Under Night in Birth, I don't know what that is. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which would have been cool. Samurai Showdown, which is the Google Stadia thing. Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, Soul Calibur 6, Grand Bull Fantasy Versus, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. It is interesting that they don't have any racing games in these. Like, I, I would expect to see, like, a racing game, but I guess it's not eSporty enough. Hmm. Uh, more things have been canceled. EGX Res 2020 has been canceled due to coronavirus. This is UK's London-based indie games exhibition, and it's not going to go ahead in 2020. Gamer Network and Reed Pop have announced the cancellation of this year's show, and as expected, are going to go into some sort of digital event, maybe, uh, but we'll have to see. So they came out um, in a statement and said, After extensive discussion with all the relevant public health, local, and national authorities, and with our resed partners, we have taken the decision not to go ahead with the event this year. We thank everyone who has prepared to deliver that what promised to be a fantastic event over the past year, showcasing the best of indie gaming to the incredible Rezzed community. So yeah, there you go. Um, supposedly, the the regular EGX convention is still scheduled in London on in September, so maybe that will still be around, but... We'll have to wait and see. Like I said last time, we talked about another event that was canceled. I was like, it was just a matter of time. I mean, these events that are in the summer are obviously going to be canceled just because because of everything that's going on right now. And then people might get angry. People might be happy. Who knows? It's one of those things that's like, you know, a digital event's fine. I mean, I don't have to spend any money to go see them. And I'm probably going to watch more of this stuff, you know, <laughs> more of this stuff on, on Twitch and whatever uh, than going to it, you know. To be honest, the highlight of the year so far has been PAX, guys. It's the only thing that survived the coronavirus, and um, I, I guess I'm, I'm really happy about that. And no, it's not that their fault that they have to cancel things. Some people might chalk it up to them, them being too, like, too trigger-happy with, with canceling. But, I mean, these, these companies who have kind of stayed and who were eventually going to cancel anyways... Uh, obviously, I think they talked to, like, health officials and stuff like that, and they were forced to close down. Um, so it's just one of those things that's, like, just kind of kind of live with it. This year is the year of, like, nothing's going to happen until the end of the year, you know? All right. New news about what Goff, or Jeff, right? Jeff Cayley is doing uh, during the summer. So 
as I said in a podcast way back when, he, Jeff Cayley was going to skip on E3. And now we kind of know the reason why, because there is, there is this new Summer Game Fest that he announced last Saturday. Um, so, what is this? It, it runs between May and August of 2020. It's going to be a game industry-wide celebration of gaming, hosted by, of course, Jeff Cayley, who is also the host of the Game Awards every year. So, Phase 1 is a festival which will feature announcements from 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, uh, Digital Extremes, EA, PlayStation, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, Warner Brothers, and Team Xbox. Jeff came out on Twitter and said, Let me just say, so happy to have such a diverse group of publishers and partners working with us on Summer Game Fest, both companies that traditionally do large-scale physical industry events and those who don't. We're all charting a new course here, and we'll learn a lot. So the funny thing is, people are calling this the new E3, but they also called the GameSpot Summer Event the new E3, and they're also calling the other digital events the new E3. And the funny thing is, they all have different, like, a lot of them have different developers. <laughs> it's one of those things that's like... I guess I'll just have to watch multiple different things, so I don't know how long this video is. It's only 40 Let's let's watch this little video here. They're all E3. Digital news. Oh, that was uh, that was Cyberpunk there. Oh, look, Forza. <laughs> Hulk. From the comfort of home. Across four months. Hey, it's Psychonauts 2! Yeah! Psychonauts 2! I'm guessing that this music is copyrighted, so I just fucked myself. <laughs> That's okay. I, it wasn't that much. So yeah, uh, Summer of Games event is going to start in May, which is going to be soon, I think. They say, Oh, uh, the next article is when the first one happens. Here you go. So the first day is May 7th, which is, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, my dudes. 5-6. So May 7th at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Pacific Time. That's in the morning. Inside Xbox. Get a first look at, look at a new Xbox Series X gameplay. And there you go. And then May 12th, we're getting the Sunrise number 1. Join Jeff Cayley for a surprise game reveal. Question marks in the air. That's right. So, looks like, I mean, the Series X gameplay is going to be pretty cool to watch. And then also the game reveal, we'll see what that is on the 12th. So, there you go. So, Monday's reveal is going to be at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, which is different from there. So, I, don't, maybe, I think it's supposed to be 11 and then 5 p.m. British Time. So, there you go. Cool. I'm glad that, that these companies are getting together and doing these types of things. I mean, this is just going to hype things for the end of the year and for next year. And with the new console releases coming this year, supposedly still they're coming this year, I'm excited. Alright, let's move on to The Last of Us 2. So, the saga is continuing with The Last of Us Part 2. But before we get into the... The saga. Okay, we're gonna watch the new official story trailer that came out from PlayStation uh, today. So let's go ahead and watch that. It's two minutes and twenty seconds, and uh, I'm I've not watched this yet. Ooh, my camera lagged there. Hopefully everything's okay. 
Let's watch that, I said. Let's watch it! Hello? Did they take it down from YouTube? Or is my internet dying? No, there... Oh, there we go. I understand. I'm an adult. Alright. Alright. Here we go. I know you wish things were different. Yeah, let's watch a video buffer. Yay! I wish things were different. Ellie! But they ain't. But they ain't. Please stop! So I have not looked into, um... the leaks or anything like that. I've just kind of watched the, uh... Yeah, I've just kind of reported that there were leaks, right? I'm and anyone who's leaking things to people should probably stop at this point because it's a it's a, it's a jerk thing to do. Um, I have not looked into anything at all. Um, I'm just I'm going in it with a positive mindset. How'd you find us? You can't stop this. I won't. I'm guessing that Ellie's going to be on her own through a lot of this game. Maybe there'll be some team-ups midway, kind of like with Joel. Maybe that, that uh, Asian guy, maybe team up with him for a little bit. Part 2. This is a lot of gameplay we're getting. I mean, it's not really gameplay. It looks like mostly cinematic stuff. So yeah, the official release date is June 16th there. Um, so let's get into the uh, the update to the leaks and stuff like that. Uh, so <clears throat> apparently the leaks were not... Were not uh, leaked by a person who was affiliated with Naughty Dog. That's the one thing that Naughty Dog is trying to be clear about. Um, so, in the original story, a spokesperson from Sony came out and said, It has been identified the primary individuals responsible for the leaks earlier this week. Uh, we were not affiliated with the Sony Interactive Entertainment or Naughty Dog. Um, they declined the comment further on it, saying the information we currently. Uh, was currently subject to an ongoing investigation. So obviously they're going to be looking into how the leaks got out, which has apparently been through like a developer backdoor in an old Naughty Dog game. They were able to access the servers that the, that the developers were using for this game. Um, and they're going to see if they can pursue these people uh, who leaked the details about the game, gameplay, and stuff like that. In an update to this article, a journalist named Jason Schreerer says the leaked footage of Last of Us Part 2 was apparently obtained by hackers who used a security vulnerability in a patch for an old Naughty Dog game to access the California developer's servers, which I just said. He said in a statement, rumors of this being an act of protest by 
contractor whose pay was robbed are not true. Naughty Dog actually extended pay and healthcare benefits for contractors due to coronavirus. Um, so I, I was never really on, like, I've never really heard anything bad about Naughty Dog in my, like, to me, I, it, that seemed like just another way to make people angry about the whole situation, I guess. But, I mean, we'll never, we won't really know exactly the full, you know, spectrum of what happened until an official statement comes out and everything's laid out on the table. Um, so it is shitty that this stuff was leaked and people who got spoiled, of course, they're spoiled for good. They can't forget what they've read. Um, and the other thing is, like I said last week, a lot of this stuff is like alpha footage, stuff that's not complete. And it's possible that any story leaks that they got could have possibly also been like early stuff that wasn't completely fleshed out or et cetera, et cetera. But of course, it's hard to say until you actually play the game and we see what's going to happen. I don't think he's a hero. I th it's it's a shitty thing to do either way. Um, with the world that is right now, I would like to have something, you know, to, to look out for. Like this. I mean, you can say whatever you want about it. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I, I'm probably still going to get it within the first week or something like that just to just to play it because I, I'm invested into The Last of Us. Um, and I, I think that, uh, like I said, you got to take kind of everything that was leaked with a grain of salt, right? It could be old stuff that you that they didn't actually use or, or et cetera, et cetera. And it could also be true as well. Who knows? But like I said, I'm staying away from that kind of stuff because I don't want to be spoiled for the game. If I end up not liking the game, then that's on me, you know? I, I'm not going to spoil myself to try and save some money, you know? I'm not that hard-pressed, but I can I can see... I mean, trade-in value. Here comes the whole trade-in trade scenario where it's like, I bought this game for $60 and I only got $40 when I traded it in. Well, duh! <laughs> They're not going to give you full price for a game. But yeah, you could trade it back. Or actually, my GameStop has like a... A seven-day return policy. If you don't like the game, you can take it back. If you use, if you use GameStop, that's the, that's the, that's the thing. I don't, I don't really, I haven't used GameStop in a while, or at least for this whole year for gaming. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, people who are going out there and they're like, and they're like, oh, you know, just, they're like going on random Twitter posts and, and stuff like that where people have mentioned The Last of Us, and they're just pasting like a message of the entire plot of the game. It's like. You are shit, and you should feel bad. But, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, continuing on with the saga, the, um, uh, who was this? The director of the game, Neil Druckmann, shared a few statements talking about the game. So he came out and said, I want to congratulate the team who has pulled off the most ambitious game we've ever made. I know I've said this before, but you won't know to what degree until you get your hands on it and see the care that's gone into every detail from the level design to the mechanics. Graphically, how the game looks, environments, art direction, character story, the audio design, the soundtrack. Oh my god, the soundtrack is so amazing. He also added that I just finished a playthrough and was crying by the end of it. Is everything okay? So this is obviously coming from the people's reaction. You know, he's saying this stuff in reaction to the leaks that came out. And this, I mean, he might just be trying to save face. You know, he might be trying to save the game. If, if you know, but you can also look at it as someone who is looking at what the leaks are saying. And he's going, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. You know, and people are just buying it because 
you know, that's the whole, that's, that's how the internet works nowadays, is people read one thing and they go, and they believe it instantly sometimes. So, that's why I'm thinking that I don't think the leaks have been 100% accurate. You know, I think that they're, they're, they're not, because these people are coming out and trying to defend this game, not, not like viciously, but they're just trying to say like, hey, we put a lot of work into this and, and, you know, we know things have been said online, but, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I don't want to speak for them because obviously I haven't played the game yet, but I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt because Naughty Dog has given us several amazing experiences from the Jack and Daxter games all the way to the latest Uncharted games. And it's hard to believe that The Last of Us Part 2, which is the game that has been in development for like five to six years now, is going to be just complete shit <laughs> just from a few posts that someone put on Reddit. I don't know. So yeah, that's, uh, that's The Last of Us Part 2. Um... We'll see. Like I said, we just gotta wait for the game to come out in June. And if you're not gonna buy the game, at least give it a chance by watching some gameplay online or watching someone live stream it, like Shinobi Nando. Or I don't think I'm gonna live stream it initially, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that you know and that we all know who will be live streaming it. And if you want to watch it that way without trying, without spending the money, that's probably the best the place best place to go. Support people who you like to watch streaming. Uh, support people who have bought the game themselves and they're willing to buy the game because they have the benefit of the doubt for players or you know for Naughty Dog and, and games and uh, support them and show them like thank them for buying the game because you didn't want to because you read something online you know go to go to their streams watch their streams and judge the game for yourself before going onto an online post and going fuck the last of us without having played the game yet that's all I'm saying you know, I like to give games the benefit of the doubt. Even the shittiest, shittiest, bottom-of-the-barrel games where the screenshots look like shit, sometimes the games are actually pretty good. I judged a lot of games before they came out. Ukulele and, and the Impossible Lair is one of them. And I, I had to eat my own words. And since then, I never judge a game before it comes out. Because you know what? It could be a hidden gem. So we'll see, we'll see how this all works out. I'm sure we're going to get, like, a gameplay reveal soon as well. They'll probably show off uh, more gameplay. Like I said, when, when E3 the two years ago happened, I was like, I was like, there's no way this is actual gameplay. And then we watched, like, more snippets of the game and stuff like that, and then I played The Last of Us Part 1, and I was like, oh, that, that, that really could have been real gameplay. Maybe it's a little bit more set up because of the fact they're trying to make it cinematic, but we will have to wait and see. Uh, Shinobi says, I doubt it will be shit, especially the gameplay. Yeah, the gameplay, um, is pretty good in Last of Us Part 1, and I, I would doubt that it would be any worse than that, but, like I said, I don't want to judge a game before it comes out. Uh, no problem, Shinobi. Uh, Coco says, best way to figure out if you like it without buying it is to watch a stream. That's right. And, like I said, it's, it's someone, someone went ahead and paid $60 for the game, and, you know, I, I'm not one to beg for donations, but I think throwing a few bits at them is 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 a is a just thing to say. Taro says, I will play it when I can get it at a bargain bin for like five dollars. We'll see. Uh, I mean Last of Us Part One is still twenty dollars, so it might be a while before it's in a bargain bin for five dollars. I mean even if the game is shit, it, it's probably still gonna be, you know, a high price for a while. Unless the sales are so terrible. Like there was that Godzilla game that came out in twenty uh fourteen, fifteen and I remember it was $60 for like a week, and then they dropped it like 20 <laughs> I was like, well, sucks for me and everyone else who bought this shit game. Uh, Shinobi says, at the very least, it will be Uncharted 4 quality gameplay. The gameplay is always similar. 
<clears throat> yeah, and Uncharted 4 had amazing gameplay. That grappling hook sold the game for me right away. Like, as soon as you got the grappling hook mechanics, I was like, yep, this is probably going to be one of my favorite games this year. And uh, it had the story to back it up, too. So it wasn't just the gameplay. That game had the full package to it. And the multiplayer was really fun, too. I'm talking about other games that's not, not <laughs> that are really old now. All right, let's move on. We're going to move on to Doom. Doom Eternal. So the the Doom's uh, Doom's developer, which is ID Software, has ditched the composer amid a public sp spat. <laughs> so um, apparently, uh, this Mick Gordon guy, who is the composer for Doom, and he did Doom 2016 as well, he came out and was kind of distraught on like Twitter and stuff like that. Um, he came out and said, "Some have suggested that we've been careless with our disrespectful." With, or disrespectful with game music he wrote as part of a lengthy statement. Others have speculated that Mick wasn't given the time or creative freedom to deliver something different or better. The fact is, none of that is true. What has become unacceptable to me is that it are... Ugh. Unacceptable to me are the direct and personal attacks on our lead audio designer. He continued to say that while Gordon's music is defining, the parties have struggled to connect on some of the more production-related re realities of development. Communication around those situations have eroded trust. So ultimately, ID Software broke ways with Gordon, and uh, especially, and he was supposed to be doing Doom's DLC music as well. And he came out and said, I'm as disappointed as anyone that we're at this point, but as we may, <laughs> I can't talk. But as we met, as we have many times before, we will adapt to changing circumstances and pursue the most unique and talented artists in the industry with whom to collaborate. Oh, that's what Doom Eternal came out and said. So yeah, Mick, Mick was, I mean, Doom 2016 and Eternal soundtracks are amazing. I mean, the heavy metal choir is something that will be stuck in my head forever. Uh, it's it's tough to see him go, you know? It's one of those things that's like, he made all this epic and awesome music. And even people who don't like metal were, like, bopping around to it, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's unfortunate that they left in such weird circumstances, such bad circumstances. Um, you know, maybe in the future they'll, you know bring back that relationship but uh, it seems like for the dlc to come to doom eternal it's not going to be the same uh composer so we might get a little bit of a different vibe to it at least i don't have to choose between last of us and ghost of tushima <laughs> well i'm really excited for ghost of tushima too probably more excited for ghost of tushima than last of us um but i'm still gonna get both uh been loving doom eternal oh you got doom eternal coco cool i'm glad you're enjoying it I still have to get past the uh, final area. I've been slacking on playing the game recently. I tried playing the multiplayer a little bit, and it's just... I mean, it's, it's like the same kind of like bad as, as Doom 2016's multiplayer. It's just a little bit different. I'll talk about it more in depth when I finish the game, though. Uh, just got just got shot into a hole. Oh, nice. I love that level. That's a cool level. Uh, Rip Doom Mick Gordon was Doom, says Terrible Skull, and that is most certainly true that he was the lifeblood to that soundtrack. Alright, so we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla! As you know, Valhalla, Valhalla is a pretty good song by uh, the one and only um, musical talent that is... <sighs> Why am I blanking on names today? I'm so annoyed. Valhalla... It's the same people who did Painkiller. Yeah! Ah! The painkiller! 
Someone in the chat, please tell me that while I talk about what we're doing next. So, before we talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm going to test my Assassin's Creed knowledge. Having played all the Assassin's Creed games, we have a quiz here that says, How well do you know your Assassin's Creed protagonist? Alright. So, here we go. The first one, uh, he has a bird, of course. So, this is, uh, this, is the, this is the guy from Origins. I know that his name is Bayek. Correct. Thank you. First one down. Alright. Uh, Evel Evelyn was the first female character in the franchise, but what was her name? So, or what was the game that she was in? So, it was, uh, Liberation. Yes, I actually did not play Liberation. It's in my, it's on my Assassin's Creed 3 remastered game disc, which I have not yet played, um, more than the first five chapters in, because the game is pretty bad, but I'll get to it eventually, guys. That's just my opinion, though. In which game do you have the option to choose this protagonist, which is Alexandria Alexandra from um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Uh, so there we are. This is going to be pretty easy. Ezio Aditore was the star of three Assassin's Creed games. Can you remember the year of his birth? Oh, shit. Um... Oh, shoot. Uh, it was either... It was either 1420 or 1399. I hate the old Assassin's Creed gameplay. The style start with Origins is the best. It's good, but I I do miss more of the linear structure of the old Assassin's Creed game. I think it was 1399. Oh, it was 1459. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm I'm dumb. Well, I got one wrong. But uh, you know, I think that was more of like a Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Whatever. I think that was a bullshit quote. Anyways. Which game does Shay Cormac belong to? One of my favorites, Rogue, Assassin's Creed Rogue. Altair was the star of the very first Assassin's Creed game. Do you remember what era it was set in? This one I actually do remember. Uh, yeah, 1191. You haven't played any Assassin's Creed games? We'll start with Assassin's Creed 2 and you'll fall in love with the series. Oh god, what's the name of Assassin's Creed Unity's lead character? And, and of course, we played through this. It was Arno... Was it Dorian? Yeah, Dorian. I hated Arno as a character. I know some people really love him, but... I didn't like Unity at all. The way that they did, like, the assassinations and stuff like that was just dumb. Alright, here we go. Which In which game do you play as Edward Kenway? This is an easy one. Black Flag. We got 7 out of 8. We are a true assassin. We're a true assassin, guys. So that was, that was just a fun thing to do before we started up. I'm, I'm still blanking on that Valhalla song. Uh, painkiller song. Judas Priest! Why am I so stupid today? Of course it's Judas Priest. Um, they're also on Steam if you want them on Steam, but I would definitely recommend getting the second game, Assassin's Creed 2. I, I recommend playing through the Ezio trilogy. The first Assassin's Creed game is different, but it's not available on, like, PS4 and stuff like that, which is really weird. So... We'll see on that. So, anyways, we're finally getting we're finally getting to it, guys. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The first trailer was premiered last week, of course, on Thursday. What? <laughs> All right, we have to go on YouTube. Um, so it was a, it, of course the day after the podcast last week. Um, they released a uh trailer. I don't want a reaction. Oh, I the here we are. Official trailer. The official trailer is really awesome. I already watched it, guys. They are I already watched it, but I want to watch it with you guys, because it is really an uh, awesome trailer. 
Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered got on PS4, so there's a chance I'll be getting one remaster for PS4. Barbarians. Yeah, but Assassin's Creed 3 sucked. <laughs> so, if this is the type of graphics we're going to be getting, like on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, we're in for a real treat. And this game is supposedly supposed to be releasing for PS4 and Xbox One as well as... And on it's going to be on uh, Epic Game Store, was it? They murder and kill blindly. Or, uh, I don't remember. So, my idea... My idea is... That the Templars, who are, of, as we know, they are, they are in Parliament for the British and stuff like that, right? They are going to be spreading these lies about the Vikings, right? And they're going to be showing them as... Or they're going to be telling their people that they're barbarians and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think that the assassins are going to be kind of, not really birthed, but they're going to be in the Vikings. Um, that's, that's my idea of that. So I'm thinking that, uh, that, that's kind of going to be how the Vikings got their reputation of being brutal savages who kill everything in their path. And this game is going to be like showing you how, you know, there were, the Templars spread these lies about their civilization. And it's probably going to be because they found out, oh, they have assassins in their ranks, you know? I mean, this looks... I mean, the graphics look really cool, and, it's, and this might just be like a cinematic trailer, like, they up the graphics a lot just to kind of show off the game a little bit. But if these are the kind of graphics we can expect from the game itself, I mean, that's... This is going to be, like, one of the best games we've we, like graphically wise that we've seen and it is a good thing that Assassin's Creed isn't doing yearly releases anymore they can spend more time on games like this you know I, I think that Odyssey suffered because it was really so close to Origins you know I think that by the time I got to Odyssey I was like well the gameplay is so similar and the style of the story is so similar and the side missions are so boring that I can't get through it um, but I, I did get through it of course but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this game. We'll talk more about what they plan to do with the game uh, in a little bit because they came out with statements about that kind of stuff. I'm guessing that Odin is going to be um, one of those ancient aliens type things. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing Thor's hammer is going to be in this game. Maybe. But it's going to be like a piece of Eden, you know? I know people who haven't played Assassin's Creed are like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I think that this is one of the greatest reveals of... Well, I'm going to let you guys see. I mean, we kind of knew that he was going to be an assassin since they were focusing on him, but I think that's one of the best reveals of an assassin's play. For an Assassin's Creed tr gameplay trailer like this, a cinematic trailer. I think this game is gonna kick ass. I really do. Um, I'm really interested. I'm like, I'm really excited for this. Because uh, we've been, of course, everyone's been waiting for a Viking game and a, like, a feudal Japan type game. And I think that Valhalla is, a, after Valhalla, is probably gonna be a feudal Japan type game, you know? Um... Connor is a native. Yes, he is. Like, I... What are you talking about? Why am I a ra... What? I said that Assassin's Creed 3 is not a good game. I didn't talk about... 
Connor or anything like that. But yeah, the trailer is amazing. Um, it, it's a really good trailer, and it really... I mean, it hypes... I think it hyped up everyone. <laughs> this might be the first Assassin's Creed game Greedy Waffles picks up. Okay. Um, did you read the idea I had for Japan? No, I didn't. I did not see that, if you want to state it here. Warring States? <clears throat> That'd be... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's essentially what was happening through all of uh, the feudal times of Japan was... Uh, you know, these, these, I got, I, I would think that you would play as like, uh, oh, uh, what was his name? Oh, 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 Joe, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, the leader of Japan after he brought all the states together. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I will still get Assassin's Creed 3. I mean, I'm telling you right here, right now, okay? It's in, it's in the Revolutionary War times, which is cool, but the gameplay, the story, the graphics on the remastered version are bad. It's all bad. Connor isn't really even that interesting of a character. If you want Punisher, I'm good. I will add it to my list of games to play, and I will play it for you. Okay? I just I don't want you to waste your money on it. You know, I'm just I'm just saying. I I I I would rather play the game myself and go through it again myself than have you play the game because I think in the line of Assassin's Creed games, three is just such a bad experience. It is so bad. Um, 1500s Japan, when the Portuguese come to Nagasaki, the Templars are the just, the Jesuits. The Flash season six is a weak season. Really disliked it. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and the Japanese are the third faction, so you can clash as an assassins. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting, but let's talk about this right now, guys. And if anyone has any comments that they would like to share on this, uh, if you join the Discord chat, I, I would be happy to hear you guys' thoughts on the trailer and any reactions that you want to give. Let's talk about, let's let's look at some gallery locations and stuff like that. Uh, so right here we have some locations to look forward to. So it, there's like this island that has like a castle on it. And uh, they already said, I'll talk about this later of course, I'll probably restate this, but they said that the boats in the game are not going to be for battle. They're going to be more for just getting around more you know, quickly, which is fine. I mean, the, the ship battling in Odyssey was okay, and it really hasn't been the best since Black Flag. Uh, next up, we have like this village scene, which is, looks really nice. There's a cat there for Tim Rules. <laughs> Um, don't forget that people on the Xbox One get the Series X version for free. Yeah, that's pretty nice, and I think they're doing that for PS5 too, right? Um, also, what's next? This location looks pretty cool with the Northern Lights up there. There's like this, uh, this big building there, and you're kind of walking towards it. We got some characters right here, so there's two different characters. Um, it looks like you may be meeting some different races in this game. Uh, he has a curved sword there, like a shraptor, so maybe we'll be seeing some different nationalities in this game who who are, well, you know, teaming up with the Vikings. And then also we see, like, this might be like an elite or something like that. He has a giant chainmail type weapon, and you're going up against him with two uh, axes. And also right here, you're blowing a war horn, so maybe this is like during a campaign mission where you, you know, you, you are attacking from sea. Uh, and you're attacking, it looks like, I mean, that would definitely be some medieval British forces right there. Longbow as well. And then here's just some character variations. So you can see, like, there's some, like, epic armor here. You can see the variation in the armor here. It looks a little bit more medieval. This looks more Viking, of course. 
Doubt it. So, uh, Sony loves to make you buy games over again. Well, I mean, Ghosts. I mean, when the PS3 and the PS4 came along, you just had to pay $5 to get the ports. But Sony hasn't announced anything yet, so I don't want to, you know, do anything. Anglo-Saxons are probably Franks you might see in there. Cool. Thank you, Punisher, for the, for those. <clears throat> so, um, they're scale. Like I said, they're scaling back naval combat in this one, and uh, they're going to have an upgradable settlement. Kind of like I, I, I don't want to say this, but it's kind of it's probably going to be like Fallout Four. <laughs> But I don't think... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I think it's going to be more like Assassin's Creed Unity, where you're upgrading your castle and stuff like that. Um, so, outside of fast travel, your ship is going to be the quickest way to get around the map, kind of like an Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And in Valhalla, this time around, you will not be engaging in as much naval combat, or probably any at all. The battles uh, are going to be more going to the shore than sinking ships. Um, and then they also said in an interview with Julian, and people have tried to tell me how to pronounce this, so I'm going to do the best I can. Julian Laferre, Laferre, or Laferriere. <laughs> um, he came out and was talking to Eurogamer and said that Valhalla won't place emphasis on naval combat. He said there's no sitting and firing cannons at other boats. Vikings just didn't do that. Instead, your longships act as your fastest means of travel through the English countryside, along waterways which were the main roads of the era. Instead, you'll use longboats to quickly reach... Wait, they already said that. <laughs> it's also to mention uh, settlements. He described them as your homestead. It's a center of our quests and the center of your decisions you make. We want players to see the consequences of their actions. So there you go. Uh, Eurogamer mentioned that weddings will take place, relationships will be forged between clans, and new buildings will begin to take shape as you play. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I misspoke. I didn't, uh, Tarosco, I didn't mean to say Fallout 4. I meant to say like Assassin's Creed Unity or something like that, where that you can upgrade your castle. Uh, more like Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood maybe. Where you you use money that you earn in the game to upgrade your 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 fortress and stuff like that, you get more money earned in stuff like that. I didn't mean Fallout 4. I apologize. That is probably the worst comparison I can ever make. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's gonna be more like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or something like that. I know I'm butchering the name. Oh, Give me a break. Stink. Thank you for the host, Coco Gamer. It's a French name, and I asked Chronocide and Greedy Waffle how to say the name. They both said something different. So I'm just trying. I'm trying my best here, okay? Um, let's move on to the next part here. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is not going to waste your time with unnecessary grinding, and this is something that sparks my interest because, like I said, I like more of the linear aspect of the old Assassin's Creed games. So, speaking to the press at Start Australia, creative director As okay Ashraf is male explained, our goal is to just let players play the content they want. So people want to focus on narrative, there's no issue there. People want to focus on their settlement, again, no issue there. It's really up to the player to describe, uh, I'm sorry, to decide how they want to consume the content. That's always been our angle. Well, it's not always been the angle, but, uh, but you know. They also came out and said, we found a way to blend the present day into a new type of experience for players. And present day is playable, I confirm, confirm that. So, as you guys know from Origins and Odyssey, the present day stuff has not been the best. Uh, it really, I mean, the present day stuff really hasn't been that great uh, since, like, Assassin's Creed Revelations, you know? <laughs> uh, Chrono, no, I was just talking to Chrono on Discord. He's not back on the YouTube streaming or anything like that yet. 
Uh, Punisher says, so if it's in British shores, so Anglo-Saxons and probably Scots. Okay, cool. Maybe you'll team up with the Scots. What name? Uh, I don't. I don't think I have it in. I already. We, we're, we're past it. It's fine. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so yeah, I think that because in in Odyssey and Origins, right? You had the grind, get your player up to a correct level before getting into a boss fight or something like that, right? In Odyssey, I I accidentally found a, a, a boss fight way before I should have, and it took me like 30 minutes to get through that boss fight because I was just chipping away health at him, and eventually I did it. And I was like, well, that kind of sucked. I wonder why they would do that. And then later in the game, they're like, oh, you already killed him? And it was like, it was like way into the game. And I was like, oh, crap. So I'm, I, I am, I'm in, I, 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 like I said, I liked Assassin's Creed a little bit better when it was more straightforward. The open worlds are fine, but it's like they, they like to fill these open worlds with so many meaningless side quests just to level yourself up. And that's where I kind of started to lose me with like Origins and stuff like that. Even though I think the games are impressive by by all means i just think they could have done a better job with the side missions and hopefully in this game it's gonna be less of that like grinding bullshit doing these crazy side missions for like little children and shit and uh we'll do more like you level up just through combat and hopefully there'll be like some sort of like maybe like a war mode with it like you like kind of like how syndicate was where you kind of had to you know kind of tackle different regions and 100 percent them in order to uh you know have i'm just spitballing here really so there you go. More Assassin's Creed stuff. Uh, Valhalla... Oh, uh, wait. Okay, I meant to do this first. So, uh, Valhalla is going to let you play as either a female or a male character. Once again, you're both going to have the same name of Ivor. Um, so it's going to be kind of like Odyssey. Well, I guess not exactly like Odyssey and Syndicate, but you're going to be able to choose which, you know, a female or a male character. And I know people have been kind of like... I don't know why people have been, like, so angry about this that you have the choice to choose between them. People are like, oh, why don't we just get a full-on female-led game, blah, 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 blah. It's like, because people like to choose, right? I think it's a huge step up that you can choose between a female or male character. Me, personally, like I said last time, I like playing as male characters because I'm male. But I can see people who are male wanting to play as the female version or, the, or vice versa, you know? Um, so it's one of those things that's like... Don't shit on it because you have a choice, you know? And I think that it helps a lot with story and stuff like that when you have both you know, both sides. Look at Odyssey, and I don't want to spoil too much, but look at Odyssey and how the story changes whether you choose Alexandria or Alexios, right? It's two completely different games. And people also were like, oh, Origins you can choose as both. It's like, well, actually... <laughs> well, actually, there were several segments, long segments in the game where you're playing as the female character in the game. And I don't... I think that the people who are complaining just haven't played the games enough. They haven't played through the games. Like, people forget that Assassin's Creed Liberation, which, yeah, it was a, you know, a, a side game. It, I mean, that was the first female character, and that was a long time ago. And female characters have had big roles in the games no matter what. It's just because you don't play as the main character as, as a female doesn't mean that the game isn't, you know, it doesn't have a quality in it. Like, there's still badass characters in all these games that have been female. Look at Black Flag. <laughs> there's there, there's a female who pretends to be a male pirate in this game, and it's, it's really cool. Same thing here. Just don't be, yeah, exactly. Just don't be sexist. We, we, you can have it either way in these games, and I, I think that people who complain about this stuff are just just, just fishing for things to complain about. Uh, oh, it's a retro fellow. How you doing, fellow? Hope you're doing well. I never got to play Dip Liberation, but that my point still stands. Uh, that has some interesting ideas with disguises. 
the liberation was not great. <laughs> How you doing, fellow? Fellow, you gotta stop going live so late, man. I, I have old man syndrome, as you know, and I can't stay up that late. I tried. I tried yesterday, though. <laughs> I tried. Alright, let's look at the uh, Valhalla pre-order information and retail additions. Uh, Shinobi Nando has a great video describing all the different things you can get in these games, so if you want to, you can check that out. Uh, yes, I am old. I'm old! Right? So let's go quickly oh go over God, them. The base the game... Bitties. Jesus! Thank you for the hundred bits. Greedy Waffles, plunder the booty. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, do you guys like the new bit thing? <laughs> Anyways, so the standard edition obviously just comes with the, the base game. There's also the gold edition, which comes with a season pass. And then there's the ultimate edition, which comes with the season pass and what's called the ultimate pack. Um, actually, Shinobi, if you're, if you're available... Do you want to join the Twitch chat in my Discord and we can talk about this together? Because I don't think I'm going to do it justice. Uh, so, what's this? So the limited edition comes with the season pass and bonus missions. He said sure. He said sure, guys. Here we go. I'm going to join that chat. This server now has video chat. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> Oh, it's Shinobi Nando. I can't hear him. Hold on. Oh, he, his volume's all the way up. Shinobi? Hello? I can't hear him. There he is. Wait, wait. I think I heard him. Hello? <laughs> there he is. Shinobi, how you doing today? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Now, Shinobi, you are the master of collector's editions, as we know. I oh, thank you. And uh, I, I I need your help with this segment. All right, we we got to go over all these different editions. Oh, let's do it again. Let's do it. It's exhausting, but let's do it. <laughs> so we've already gone over the gold edition, but let's look at this ultimate edition because the ultimate edition has the ultimate pack. Yes. All right. What is in this ultimate pack? Right. So it's the culmination of everything else that's available across all the retailers globally. You're going to get the Berserker Settlement Pack. You're going to get the Berserker Gear Pack, which comes with the Wolf Mount, the uh, Odin Raven. And you're going to get the Ruins. You're going to get uh, the, the Season Pass. There's the Berserker Mission, the way of the Berserker Mission. Um, and there's also a Steelbook version of this available from GameStop exclusively. Uh Ooh. Actually, all over the show, depending on which retailer you get with the gold edition as well, you can get a Fancy Pants Steelbook uh, that's unique to those two editions. Um, yeah, hmm. basically, uh, you have to shop around, I'm not going to lie, if you want to get uh, those Steelbooks in your regions. Uh, as you very nicely said, I do have a video that breaks down, depending if you guys are European or Australian, American, where you can find these. Um I did have to look a lot. You know, Ubisoft like to do like 20, 30 different editions. They were quite tame this time. Um, I actually <laughs> found compared to like, uh, what was the one where your Watchdogs or Watchdogs 2, where there were like literally 13 editions? Yeah, I think it was Watchdogs 2. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, there was the Ubisoft exclusive <laughs> one. There was like one for GameStop, one for Best Buy, one for Walmart, one for. <laughs> It was just all over the show. It was absolutely mental. But this one, this one, they, they're, they're a bit more tame. It's just the, the, the bonuses as you usually get. There's like a, a weird 
one that's unique to like Europe and Mexico, the limited edition where you can get the wolf mount. Uh, so the only way I know in the States to get the wolf mount is through the ultimate edition and the Berserker settlement pack. Everywhere else, you, you okay. can order it from Amazon. Let's talk about the ultimate edition. Um, now, the statue has the female version of Ivor. Is there a version that also has the male version, or is this the only version you can get? So, from what I could see um, in the Ubisoft store, because it is exclusive to the Ubisoft store this time around, probably because of what's going on uh, in the world right now with the pandemic, they're only right. doing the female version, but you can buy the, uh, a male statue separately. And certain retailers, particularly in like Australia, are bundling the gold edition with that instead of actually doing the mm. full-on collector's edition uh, or you can get the hidden blade that you uh described obviously in the trailer where the forearm hidden blade from uh odyssey or was it odyssey or origins i'm sure it was origins the dlc yeah the first blade dlc that was a lot. yeah i'm not sure <clears throat> So it looks like you get a good amount of stuff in the Collector's Edition. Uh, you get everything that we mentioned before, but you also get, uh, as I stated, the 30-centimeter female uh, Ivor figurine. There's also a 5-centimeter male Ivor Viking statuette, which kind of looks like a carved wooden sculpture kind of thing, which looks kind of cool. There's also a official soundtrack of the game on disc, which you don't see many CDs nowadays. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I think the last one I saw was uh, for Witcher 3. It was it was with every single game. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Weirdly, <laughs> in Europe, we, we tend to get the physical... Like Resident Evil 3 Collector's Edition, we got the physical soundtrack for Resistance on Resident Evil 3. But you guys in the States only got the digital one. I don't know why they do yeah. that. But then again, on the flip side, Last of Us 2, like you, just, you did before, uh, you, you guys get the physical CD with the Ellie Edition and the bag. So, and we don't get that. I don't, I don't know, hmm. distribution maybe, or production. I don't know why they do that. It just seems really uh, random. Yeah. The steelbook in this one looks really cool. It's the, like, emerald style with the with the Viking Assassin logo on it. That looks really On nice. the other side is the raven, um, actually. Odin's raven, uh, which can't see, obviously, in this picture. But if you go to the actual Ubisoft yeah. site, you can see. Uh, why don't they just have a link on this website? You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> anyway, not doing all the work. That's okay. <laughs> and then um, you also get some sort of like, was that? A, uh, oh, that's probably the the certificate of authentic, uh, authenticity, right? Yes. The big little poster back there. Okay. Cool. Oh, you also get a set of three lithographs. Well, there you go. Yeah. So what what are you, what are your what are your final thoughts on this collector's edition? Obviously, you said some things in your in your video, but uh, just uh, as a whole, the collector's edition, the the basic collector's edition for this game. What are your thoughts? I think you really need to be an Assassin's Creed fan for this one. Without getting you uh, in trouble or myself in trouble with Ubisoft for future, <laughs> um, the I found the quality of. The, the the statues from the Ubisoft store in in the strangely in the collector's editions have gone down over the years. The separate statues have got like if you look um, either afterwards, guys. If you look up on the Ubisoft store yourself and look at the um, the male version with called the wolf wolf kiss skin or something like that, it, it looks much better detailed than this one, which is kind of odd. But again, maybe they're just trying to keep the price down. So you, you'd have to be a mega fan or somebody who's collected the other ones. Uh, I think, or a mega Viking fan, 
Uh, that little wooden sculpture actually reminds me of the God of War 2. Like, no, it's the God of War 2, the God of War PS4 collection. It seems like they kind of copied that idea of like, Viking wooden carving. Yeah, they're kind of set in like the same universe. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, well like I said guys, if you haven't checked out Shinobi's video, make sure you go do that. It obviously details things a lot better than I can. Um, but thank you for coming on the podcast, Shinobi, and uh, helping uh, explain some of the other additions to us. No problem at all, Yummy. Yeah, always a pleasure. Alright man, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for coming on again. Alright, so once again, thanks to Shinobi Nando for coming on and, and schooling us in the art of collector's editions. We're gonna move on from Assassin's Creed. I know, guys. Everyone's everyone's tearing up. They're like, "Oh, you spent you spent so long on it. We're we're sad to see it go." Yes, we have to we have to we have to move on. But once again, Valhalla is looking really good. I mean, from what we've seen, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, here we go. We got uh, uh, dirt. You know, guy, the dirt games, guys. Um, so Codemasters is gearing up to announce a different in quotations. A different dirt racing game soon. The last dirt game that came out was Dirt Rally 2.0. It was pretty good. It wasn't my style of game, though. It was really a more of a simulation type game, and I just was not into that. Um, but this new game, they're looking to go in a different direction. So maybe that means it's going to be more of an arcade racer, or maybe more of like just a generic, not generic, but like a more audience spanning game. So on their Twitter, they came out and said, Whilst one journey remains flat out, another journey is about to begin. A letter to our incredible Dirt Rally players. Now prepare for something different. Kind of sinister. So, um, they came out and said, for, from a simple 2.0 in late 2018 to the game's launch in early 2019 through four seasons of epic content and onto the Colin McRae flat-out pack and Game of the Year edition, Dirt Rally 2.0 has been an incredible journey that we've been with on with you, our passionate rally and rally cross community. So they said, whilst there's no plans for additional seasons of Dirt Rally 2.0, some minor updates <laughs> and surprises are planned at this stage. The Rally team is now focusing on f the future. By no means are we saying this is the end of Dirt Rally 2.0. Daily, weekly, monthly challenges will live on. Clubs are stronger than ever, and you have plenty of esports action to look forward to. Nothing's moving in terms of the usual hangout spots, and your support team for Dirt Rally 2.0 are still very much there to help. Prepare to see something new roar to life in the world of Dirt very soon. Developed by a separate Codemaster studio to the Dirt Rally team, we're incredibly excited about what's around the corner. We invite you to be part of the brand new experience while also continuing to enjoy our definitive rally offering. As for Future of Dirt, well, we have a few things in mind. We have big plans, driven by passionate development team, solely tasked with taking the rally series to even greater heights. Um, so what they did is they ch they've changed their Twitter logo and all their different like social media pictures and stuff like that, and uh, they're also revealing this new dirt like picture here, which is kind of cool looking. Um, they also said, or in a blog post, they said, "Prepare for something new." Oh, we already read that. Sorry, guys, we already read that. So this might be an end of an era. You know, dirt might take a completely different turn, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh, I forgot to read what Punt, what uh, Fellow said. Fuck Ultimate Editions. Absolute crash grabs unless they got physical stuff included. Yeah, Ultimate Editions are usually like, it's a season pass, and then here's a bunch of incentives. They're all virtual stuff, probably worth nothing in about a day. <laughs> 
Hey, what's up, Callus? I don't know if it'll be Demolition Derby. Maybe Simulation Demolition Derby? Who knows? Um, welcome to the stream, uh, Spect Ray. How you doing today? Where's Burnout Paradise 2? Uh, they're still milking Burnice, Burnout Paradise, Paradise Remastered right now. Did you guys see how much they're trying to sell? Burn they're going to be selling Burnout Paradise on Switch. It's outrageous. The game is 20 bucks on every other system, and it's like $50 on Switch? It's ridiculous. But that's a different developer. That's, uh, that's EA. Not, uh, not the Dirt Rally guys. <clears throat> Alright, uh, a new Battlefield game has been confirmed, and it's coming to the next generation of consoles, which includes PS5 and Xbox Series X, and it's going to be coming in 2021, so they're going to be skipping... Boo, they're going to be stink! <laughs> they're going to be skipping 2020 for a new Battlefield game. As I said last stream, the last bunch of content for Battlefield 5 is going to be coming later this year, around the summer, and, um... And it looks like it's going to be the Russian side of the World War II. Now, we're looking at a new Battlefield game coming in 2021. We don't know exactly what it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be a new 2142 type game that we haven't seen in a while. Maybe it's going to be a Bad Company 3. Obviously, it's probably not going to be that. And it's probably going to be set in modern times because you know what? These game developers like to follow each other and, oh, Call of Duty did a modern take. Let's do another modern take in our own. <laughs> I would love for Bad Company 3 to come out. But you know what? It's probably not going to feel the same as Battlefront uh, Bad Company 2. And probably people are going to be, you know, pretty piss mad about it. But I would like to see Battlefield go back to a modern times. Battlefield 4 is still a classic game that tons and tons of people play. And I think it's mostly because the gameplay is stellar. The customization of the guns is amazing. And the overall gameplay is really, really good. Now, I would have liked to see more destructibility and environmental stuff in Battlefield 4. But for the most part, Battlefield 4 is like the definitive Battlefield experience that everyone knows and loves. Battlefield 1 is fine. It's not the best thing ever, not the worst thing ever. Battlefield 5 is okay. I, I do enjoy it a lot more than I did when it first came out, obviously. And Battlefield Hardline, we don't talk about that game in this, in this stream. So, game, they came out on GameSpot and said that EA stated that the PS5 title is targeting new innovation that will be enabled by next-gen platforms. So, this suggests that they're not going to release on PS4 or the Xbox One, but they're instead going to jump systems to the PS5 and Xbox Series X, not even allowing a, a, a PS4 or Xbox One uh, version of the game. Now, if they do do that... Oh, he said do-do. Um... That would be kind of annoying for people who play on the older consoles still, because obviously not ever like no one's gonna be rushing out. I don't I don't me personally, I don't think that anyone's gonna rush out and get the next generation of consoles as, as they as they did for the last one, right? I think that it's it's it, like these consoles are gonna be great and I'm sure they're gonna be amazing, but I think that a lot of people are like you know, they're fine with the PS4 and the Xbox One and stuff like that, and I think they'll live with it for a little while until games officially stop coming to the systems. Um, I don't know if this is going to be like a system seller or anything like that, but I really do hope that they go to a more modern time setting, or maybe even go to a futuristic setting for like games like 2142. Now, I know what you guys are saying. Oh, futuristic warfare, yummy. You said you hated futuristic warfare games like Call of Duty did. And yes, I did really not like those games because they were kind of trash. But you look at 2142 and maybe, maybe me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. But Battlefield 2142, if you did not play that game, you are missing out on a whole legacy of content. 2142 was amazing. It was a futuristic game before futuristic games were, 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 were popular. And it was so cool going up against those giant ships in the sky and using mechs to walk around and shoot things. If we got another game like that, that would be pretty amazing. 
I don't think they're going to do it, though. I think they're going to go back to modern times. They're going to follow in the steps of Call of Duty, and they're going to go back to modern times for this one. Because, one, this is a new system. It's a new generation. And I think they're going to want to make a big statement by going back to modern times and bringing back that Battlefield 4 type stuff. Uh, Hardline, I did not like Hardline at all. Less customization, less guns, worse map design. The campaign was abysmal. Nothing, nothing good there. Battlefield 4 rode on the success of Battlefield 3. Yes, it did. And it, and it ran on the same engine, if I do believe so, too. Um, and I guess that's, I mean, I guess it's just, that, that's kind of what to expect, you know? Everyone was like, okay, Battlefield 3 was great, but we really want Battlefield Bad Company 3. And they were like, nah, let's do Battlefield 4. <laughs> and then they are like, nah, let's do Hardline. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is, as Spectre says, it's good for a long time to development only for on the next gen. And I think that's true. Shinobi, you liked Hardline? Is that what you're saying? Or do you like... I, I, I'm not sure what he's saying. If he liked Hardline, I'm going to ban him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Greedy Waffle says, I have it sitting on my shelf. I should see if it works on my PC. Oh, 2142? It might. Um, Spectre also says, Future Battlefield ain't happening because there's already Battlefront. Too many conflicting ideas. Well, I mean, Battlefront is Star Wars. That's 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 a little bit. I mean, that's in a galaxy far, far away, right? I mean, I guess you could say, oh, they they don't want to conflict with, uh, you know, Titanfall or something like that. That's that's feasible, but that's not like into the future. And like, like when I look at Battlefield twenty one forty two, and I remember back to those days, like those guns were, they they weren't so futuristic that you would be like, oh, that's impossible, you know. And I think that the vehicles and stuff like that weren't so far into the future that it was something you couldn't fathom. But I can see what you'll see where you're getting that. Hardline was just standalone DLC. I mean, literally, it was. Oh, no. I will get the next generation console. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to probably wait on it for a little bit. I mean, unless there's, like, a huge system seller that they reveal at the next convention or whatever, or, the, or during these digital events, uh, I'm, I'm probably neither going to get an Xbox Series X or a PS5 when they come out at first. I have a PC which plays Xbox games, you know, with a new Game Pass, and I think that's a, a brilliant thing to do because I'm not willing to buy an Xbox One just to play, like, Gears Tactics or something like that. I'm, I'm so glad that they started supporting the PC more with that stuff. Um, and then the PS5, I'm just... Like, I love my PS4. I've been using the OG PS4 for a long, long time since it came out. And I don't want to get the original PS5 because what if what if it has the same problems as the, as the original PS4 where it's like, it's not as powerful, it doesn't work as, as fast, it's not as sleek, you know, the design's better, blah, 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 blah. So I'm probably going to wait like a year or so. Or, or maybe, ha you, know, you know what will probably happen? I'll say all this shit and then I'll just go out and buy it day one or something like that. <laughs> yeah, forward compatibility is is amazing. That's always a good thing to have. Alright, let's look at the Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is coming to PS5. There are some screenshots that were released for the game. So, this is going to be coming to the next generation of platforms, as we already know. So, let's look at some of these pictures, guys. Gollum is looking weird and creepy, and it kind of looks like... I mean, his hair is looking like a tattoo right there, almost. But I think that's just his hair. So, in this picture, we can see there's different options for... You know, he, he, you can say, calm down, quiet, orcs will hear us. Shit! Quick now, before he leaves. Don't hurt us. Not our hands. Not our hands. Our poor hands. So it looks like this is going to kind of go the route of that Planet of the Apes game that came out last last year or two years ago, where it was more of like a narrative adventure. Now, 
I, I don't want to say it's completely going to be like that because there are it looks like there are like plat like sections where you're kind of doing like sticks master of shadows type things here where you're kind of like parkouring along things you can see Gollum is is jumping to a ledge there uh, in this one there's spiders all around him and you're running towards what looks like the inside of Mount Doom or maybe it's just lava in general. Right here, it looks like this is Mordor with Mount Doom in the background, definitely. And it looks like maybe the Eye of Sauron's tower is right there as well. But it looks like you're going to be going through Mordor. Right here, it looks like you're inside of a cave and you're running away or trying to hide from orcs. And then right here, we have a orc captain. Uh, a close-up of him. They've obviously changed the design of the orcs a little bit, a lot, since, you know, the... Shadow of Mordor and stuff like that. And then here's another uh, picture of what looks like an environment that you'll be going through. It's a forest environment. There's some spiders over here. There's a bird flying. And it uh, looks like this is another section where you're maybe stealthing through. There's wargs here that are a little bit different than the wargs we know. Or uh, maybe they're not wargs. It's hard to tell. But it looks like he's just crawling along. So this game is definitely going to be more stealth-oriented. And it looks like it's going to be kind of like a story-driven game where you're choosing uh, major plot points. Gollum parkour, hell yeah! I don't think it looks like a major yikes. I, I I'm I, I think it's going to be an interesting experience, and I think that uh, when the game comes out, people are gonna people are gonna be really impressed by it. We haven't had like a we haven't had a really good Lord of the Rings game since Shadow of War, and then after before that, we had a bunch of them like Conquest, Third Age, the two games based on the video uh, based on the movies. There was also um, Battle for Middle Earth and Battle for Middle Earth 2, and we just have not had like that amazing, you know, Lord of the Rings game for a while now. And I, I would say Shadow of More or uh, Shadow of War was all right. I, I wasn't completely sold on the game because they focused more on like that system of capturing castles and stuff like that. But yeah, Conquest was awesome, and I think I might try and find that to play on the stream one day. It's a really awesome game. I don't mind the cartoony graphics. I think that it's going to work well for a game like this that's a story about Gollum. I, I think that going with a realistic take is going to turn more people away than this more cartoonish take. Well, of course, we'll have to wait and see for gameplay and stuff like that, but it looks like it's going to be a stealth, like a shadow, like a sticks master of shadows type game combined with like a Planet of the Apes style game where you're choosing multiple uh, story points and stuff like that. So we will see. You have it for PS3 still? You I you probably have it for Xbox 360. I, that's where we played it. So if you have it on Xbox 360, you know, maybe uh, pass it my way. I'll play it on the channel. Uh, anyone else have thoughts on this game? Uh, we're going to be moving on. Alright, Mortal Kombat 11 is getting more story expansion. Now, uh, let's. I already watched this trailer, guys. I was too excited. Alright, I apologize. But let's watch it all together. Here we go. Let's go. Finished, so if you don't know, spoilers for Mortal Kombat 11 right here. Liu Kang and Raiden combine, and he uh, he's tasked with reshaping the universe to be his way. So it's called Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. And what happens is, in, in this, um, Shang Tsung comes in, and they say the epic saga continues. This is not EA, this is NetherRealm Studios. Oh, uh, EA, I don't know if EA has the rights to Lord of the Rings anymore. Who developed Shadow of Mordor? Look at that, and that will tell you. Because I am a snake who's toiled beside Kronika, learning her secrets. I know them. 
The cool thing about this game is this is the original voice actor for Shang Tsung. Uh, Legend Returns. So we're getting, um... Hold on, let me... I don't remember his name. They're just showing gameplay for this new character. Uh, obviously the story is going to incorporate a lot of the DLC characters. So here's Shiva. I think that guy's last name was, like, Fluja or something like that. Shiva's going to be a playable character now, and maybe she'll have an alternate skin for Goro or something like that. She has, like, a shield or something like that. They're showing off her fatality there, it looks like. Welcome back. And they're also... Uh, Shiva's coming back for the campaign, as we already know. She's been, she was DLC already. I st we still haven't gotten um, Fujin, God of Wind. Alright. That's just, yeah. So yeah, there's looks like there's going to be new stage fatalities as well, which is pretty cool. They're bringing those back. Forge a new history. So it looks like, it looks like Shang Tsung is going to be like the, ma the main protagonist of this DLC. Predict what happens next. Not even me. Tintin, need backup now. And here's the biggest reveal, guys. You are under arrest, dirtbag. Robocop! Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Um, so yeah, uh, a new cinematic story, three new characters, and three new skins. And then also, they revealed a new. Friendship fatality. <laughs> you can also, if you purchase early, you get the Eternal Clash skin pack as well. So that looks really cool. Um, as I've said before, um, I was a huge fan of Mortal Kombat 11 story mode. They used Kano way too much in it, like they used Baraka way too much in Mortal Kombat 9 or Mortal Kombat Reboot. Uh, and I, th I, I just wasn't happy with where the story was going for most of it. And I think the ending was fine. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see the continuation of that. So obviously they had more ideas for the story that didn't put into the original game. And I think that they're doing this so that they can kind of get the continuity back on track before the next generation. Man, they should have they have had, should have had him say, dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> Alright, we're going to go into uh, Lego Star Wars Rise of... Um, I'm sorry, the, the Skywalker Saga. So this is the new Lego Star Wars game. It's going to encompass all... Of the films, I don't know if they're if they mean also Solo and Rogue One, but I guess this we'll wait and see on that one. So they revealed some more screenshots, and they've also come out with some more things about the game. This, of course, was for the May the May the Fourth uh, special thing. Uh, <coughs> Punisher says Shang Tsung, the Chinese sorcerer of Big Trouble in Little China. He kind of is. <laughs> uh, Shinobi says my brother-in-law is developing this. Wow. Okay. Maybe you'll get a free game out of it, huh? I loved LEGO Star Wars games. Even the Force Awakens game was really good. And uh, I'm interested to play this. It's apparently going to have over 500 characters in the game, encompassing all the stories of the Star Wars universe, um, including from everything from the Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones, to Empire Strikes Back, to Return of the Jedi, to The Force Awakens, to The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so, J Jonathan Smith came out and said, We're all fans. There's no shortage of characters we'd love to play with. And you can't ask us to pick a single favorite. It's the fact that the whole cast is brought together. 
uh, uniquely in this LEGO form, the complete collection from Admiral Akbar to Zori Bliss, which makes the game so special. Craig Derrick also came out and said there are nearly 500 characters in the game, with many of them playable. When choosing character for a game this large, we just looked at every film in the saga and said, yes, as much as possible. That said, it often comes down to storytelling and specific role for a character in the quest and game progression. Of course, we will have almost all your favorite heroes and villains in the films, many players, uh, background players, and a few surprises, and Yaddle. So pretty good. Too bad there are only six Star Wars movies. <laughs> Force Awakens wasn't bad, but... Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and Solo were not that great. So here's the screenshots we get. So this is probably going to be the cover of the game. I'm not sure I like this cover. It looks a little bit too busy. You know what I'm saying? Um, they could have slimmed it down. Also, I, I do believe, since it is called the Skywalker Saga, that, that Luke Skywalker should have been as big as Darth Vader, in my opinion. Um, and also, I mean, where's Han Solo? Is this Han Solo? Like, here's Princess Leia, and they have the, the cast of, of the, the prequel trilogy in the front here. They definitely should have had Yoda, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, like, C-3PO, R2-D2, and then you can put Finn and Rey and and Ren and BB-8 in the background. And D-O, if you want to. <laughs> or D-1, whatever his name is. You know, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're, I think they're putting too much of an emphasis on these characters who are in the worst in the worst movies, except for Chewbacca. But, you know, Finn, Rey, and, and Ren. Um, and I think I think Disney is doing that as a whole, you know? I think Disney is, is focusing too much on this new trilogy. Like, they made a whole area of Disney based on the new trilogy. And they made a whole ride about the new trilogy. And it's like, well, they they made it about the worst trilogy. The se- the, pre- the prequel trilogy... I'm sorry, the sequel trilogy is the worst trilogy. I think it's worse than the prequels. I really do. Just based on story and stuff like that, it's just it's, it definitely is the weakest of all the Star Wars movies are in that in that slot. Besides from the Force Awakens, I can't I, I don't see anything positive about Last Jedi or um, Rise of Skywalker. Right. The only reason I put the, the Attack of the Clones so low on my list is because it has the worst acting, has the worst CGI, has the worst plot, has the worst like yeah it was pretty bad. But man, it it, it, it just by that much, man. R2-D2, oh my god, I don't want to get into the, the, the Star Wars movies, because I'll talk forever about how bad Rise of the, the sequel trilogy was. But like, R2-D2, a fan-loved character, a very important character through all the Star Wars movies, just pushed to the back. You know, pushed to the back. Even C-3PO had a bigger role, and actually liked C-3PO the best out of all the characters in, in Rise of the Skywalker. So dumb. It's because they only have royalties for the new stuff. They still pay George for the old ones. And you know what? They should just pay him. <laughs> Give us the old stuff. Buy the old movies. <laughs> yeah. A l- the yellow lightsaber, I think... It wasn't the end of the Rise of Skywalker. She twisted the thing on her lightsaber and it was yellow. So that's why they have a yellow lightsaber there. So they also showed more, like, Boba Fett here. He's here. Uh, they showed e- uh, an Ewok on Endor with a with a chicken walker. Uh, here's Lando Calrissian with, um, with R2-D2 in Tatooine. And then also here's R2-D2 and Jawas on Tatooine as well. So, I'm guessing it's going to be kind of like the same as other, uh, you know, Lego games where you have, like, a hub world and you go to different hub worlds and and some of the story happens in between the hub world areas, which I haven't been a big fan of. The only game that really worked the best for, for in my perspective, the Lord of the Rings games and, um, um, 
the Lego movie games. Those are the only games where I really was like, okay, it's cool that they're doing the story in between the areas. But the rest of them, I feel like, you know, just kind of have us go to an area through a story mission or something like that. Uh, I put higher Attack of the Clones because I have Clone Wars TV show and it ended. Well, Clone Wars TV show isn't, I mean, it's 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 related because it's the Clone Wars, but we're talking about, like, just movies. Just because Attack of the Clones is related to the Clone Wars TV series doesn't mean that Attack of the Clones is better, you know? <laughs> so there we go. Um, it's also been revealed that uh, Taika Watiti is, is going to be the director behind the new Star Wars trilogy. And I think that is the best decision that's, that that Disney has made since since the beginning of their time with Star Wars. And as I joked on Discord, I really do hope that Taika Waititi dresses up as Hitler for a scene in the Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to new games coming soon. Ba -ba -ba -ba, Rock of Ages 3, make or break, a new... Um, a new story trailer has come out for the game. Let's watch that, right? Meow. I'm really excited for this game. I Rated loved Rock of Ages 1 and 2. I'm excited for this. So here we go. We're breaking through things as usual. A giant cheese wheel. Perfect. Make your own levels, which is pretty cool. Break everyone else. They're bringing back some classic boulders, and they're adding some new ones. Coming June 2nd. The Untold Tale of Humpty Dumpty! Yeah! Hell yeah! Humpty Dumpty! Humpty Dumpty, bitches! So it looks like they have a lot of similar things to Rock of Ages 2. Hopefully they've added a lot of more traps, though. Ah, that's... <laughs> He got hit with a spike and turned into a into, into a Sunnyside egg. That's hilarious. Available this June, June second, as I already said. Oh, man, I'm so excited for that. June 2nd, guys, coming June 2nd. So the only thing that kind of concerns me is there wasn't really any new traps that we saw during that. Um, but uh, we saw Humpty Dumpty there, so maybe the new story mode is going to be based off Humpty Dumpty, or maybe there's going to be a level section based off of him. We'll see when that comes out. I'm really excited for this. It's coming June 2nd on all platforms, and uh, I think that this is going to be one of my favorite games this year. If <laughs> I played Rock of Ages 2 earlier this year, I fell in love with the series all over again. Humpty Dumpty, shut up and take my money. Hell yeah. Didn't even support me emotionally. What are you talking about? Uh, the ending still moves me emotionally. I need more support. Yeah, the Clone Wars ending was really good. I That was really good. Hitler's the new Sith. Um, I hope Taika doesn't get fired from... Yeah, you know, they really need to have one director for the entire Star Wars trilogy here. When J.J., switching between J.J. and the other people, like, that was never going to be a good idea. That was never a good idea. Um, throwback to when you did a late-night livestream of Rock of Ages. Uh, that was Civilization Five. I don't think I ever played Rock of Ages that late. I, I think I, that's when I started doing a, 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 you know, a specific times. But, yeah, Rock of Ages 1 and 2 were awesome, and this game looks like it's going to be more of, like, that awesomeness. Plus, level builder, that's something I've been waiting for for a while. Well, there we go. Taika Waititi's a really great director. If you guys haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, Grand Budapest Hotel, two really good movies. 
All right, let's move on to another game called Steam Dolls. Steam Dolls. It's a Metroidvania, which is coming, which is going to be coming to Kickstarter, and uh, let's see what that looks like. The blood on you know me. I've been playing a lot of Metroidvanias on the channel lately. Rain. A believer would see. And apparently, this has the same voice actor for Snake in it, so Snake's voice actor is coming back for this game. Looks like he has like an assassin's blade. Tonight, I take my first steps towards my. Kind of looks like it's plan. in the same vein as like a Dishonored or something like that. Slashing through their skin. But it's like it's a 2D side scroller, of course. The man behind. So it's the like blasphemous. them and kind of. What they started. Whoa, naked lady the alert. Sins of the world. TOS, TOS! Steam Dolls, Order of Chaos. Coming to PC, Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation. Being developed by Top Hat Studios and TSG. Coming to Kickstarter soon. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to look, look out for that. Maybe I'll support it on Kickstarter, because I really like the art direction that they took for this game. I, I really like... Um, the, the, the vibe of the characters giving off, and I like how it kind of reminds me of, like, Blasphemous and stuff like that. And I like how they took out the screenshot of the, of the naked lady there. Very good. <laughs> His name is David Hader. Yeah. Solid snack. Dummy thick. So, yeah. Uh, make sure you take a, keep an eye out for that. I'll, uh, obviously I'll report on it when the Kickstarter is up and available. Alright, next up, Rogue Heroes Ruins of Chaos, which is bringing four-player dungeon crawling to the Switch, and I think other platforms as well, coming from Team 17. So you guys know I am a big fan of Team 17, so let's take a look at this. A dark power lurks beneath Tassos. Uh, graphical style is like 16-bit. Assemble a team of heroes. I don't know if this graphical style is, is working for me. They're showing off the four-player gameplay. It's kind of in the same vein as other dungeon crawlers. Take on, proceed... Oh, okay, so the dungeons are, like, random. That's cool. Looks like that might be, like, a boss or something. Cheat death and rise again. Oof. It looks like game over is, uh, is a... Is, a, is, a, is like, a official thing. Like, you have to restart after that. Yeah, definitely. Spend, spend gems on characters and customization. Rick's tool shed. Looks like that's a place to upgrade and stuff like that. Save the land of Tassos from the Titans. Let's squad up. Yeah, maybe. Like I said, I don't I don't know if the graphics Oh here's here's a giant mushroom boss. Now that now that sold me, guys. Giant mushroom boss, I'm sold. Coming summer 2020. I'll keep an eye out for that. Like I said, I was hoping the graphics style was going to be more like this, but eh, it's not bad. Um, key features of this game, guys. Rogue light dungeon crawling, adventure together or alone, and classic gameplay reinvented. Top-down gameplay. So yeah, if you want to, um, you know, take a look at that. Uh, might be a cool, cool game to play with friends. Moving on to Hunt Down which is an 80s action movie you've been dreaming of, but in video game form. It's a 16-bit side-scroller. Let's look at this. A two-minute trailer! Oh, Jesus. Coming from Easy Trigger Games and Coffee Stain Studios. Oh, I like the graphics on this. A future where crime rules the streets. When the Ooh. citizens are in trouble... Kind of like Robocop, you know? Kind of like a dystopian future type thing. They call 
the bounty hunters. Showtime! Anaconda. She knows the Oh, I thought that life. was Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's why she can take it away so easily. I'll blow your head off! Her jacket size is 38. Special. And her favorite smell is fear. Die! <laughs> John Sawyer. Cyborg. He's been a man since John he was a boy. Sawyer. Everything he owns is made out of metal. Oh, reliable. His blood ties. I mean, his dick is metal too. Get out of my sight! He only donates other people's blood. <laughs> yeah. Horror has a name. It's Mo Man. But those who killer machines <laughs> know him by the name Grim Reaper. Why don't they just sterilize the population? He knows everything. Except mercy. Empathy module not <laughs> When Mo Man looks at you, you look at your grave. That's a cool line. I like that line. Down those who have it coming. Get up, do your job. Yeah, so you're a bounty hunter. It looks like you're going after like special enemies. So it's kind of like a Mega Man type thing where you choose what boss you want to go after. Yeah. The misconducts. They got hockey gear. seekers. The biker gang. The number one suspects. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> it's like a ninja gang. By making living. Yeah, was that Jason Voorhees? This game looks really cool. Hunt down. It's got. It definitely has like that Demolition Man vibe to it. You know, that's cool. I'm. I'm definitely looking into that one as well. Yeah, it's an '80s cheesy style for sure. So yeah, in the same vein of like Demolition Man and Rambo and stuff like that. <clears throat> cool, 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 cool. Alright, next up, we have, ah, Star Wars VR Experience Vader Immortal is coming to the PS VR, and we have an official trailer for the PS, or, hold on, is it? No, that's not a trailer for, <laughs> skip, skip, they didn't, okay, so it's, it will be coming to PlayStation VR in the summer of 2020. They just don't have, like, a, a trailer for the PSVR version. So, that's kind of... Mm, I don't know, man. That's kind of weird because they, they probably have to downgrade things for this game. Because the Vader Immortal game looks great. I mean, I'll show the gameplay behind what I'm saying. But, um, it's one of those things that's, like, kind of fishy that they're not showing PSVR trailer yet. Even though it's coming in the summer 2020. So essentially what you do is you train as a Jedi, you fight, I believe you fight robots and stormtroopers and stuff like that, and then you also fight Vader in the end as well, of course. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> you can use force powers and stuff like that. It's kind of like the Batman VR game where it's a little bit limited in what you can do, but for the most part it's pretty cool. I've watched gameplay of it, of course. They have like a VR headset specifically for this game. There's like little puzzles you can do. Um, but yeah, I was really hoping that they would show like PlayStation VR gameplay. So we're going to skip that. Alright, a new Souls-like action game called Moon Ray is planned for the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Let's go ahead and watch that. This is like the first Souls-like game that the, is going to be on the next generation that they're saying. And it does look really cool. I like the graphical styles, like simplistic yet futuristic, yet complex at the same time. <clears throat> kind of reminds me of like, um, like a third-person Fury almost, you know? 
if you guys have seen that game. Can't play this till you finish Nile. I don't know about that. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> ah, Corona! Moon Ray. So yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll maybe I should play Nio on live stream so I'm forced to play it. That damn frog though is giving me PTSD. So yeah, Moonray. Um, like I said, PS5. Um, it's also gonna in July. It's gonna come to Steam Early Access, so you can play it on there first. So there you go. And last but not least, Twin Stick Arcade Racer called Internal Drift is getting a Switch release. And blah, 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 blah. It's also coming to PS4 as well. Let's take a look at that. You guys know I'm a sucker for arcade racers, like Revolt and stuff like that. So let's see what this is all about. Do it. <laughs> the graphics are a nice style. Kind of reminds me of that um, game that Callus plays on the Switch. Asphalt 9. Ooh, drifting. Precision combined for precision drifts. That's kind of interesting. Just freaking have someone join you. I haven't played the game in a while, though. I'm gonna be rusty. Ooh, that guy drifted better. So it's not as cool as, like, the 80s-style theme that was in the other racer games we looked at, but it's still a pretty nice-looking game. A little bit, it has, like, cell-shaded graphics and stuff like that. Looks like he has local co-op. It's a real big emphasis on drifting, obviously. You guys can hear it. I can see We can see it. There you go. In internal drift. Coming spring of 2020. PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and Switch. Kind of cool. Um, twin stick drifting. Twice the controls, twice the control. <laughs> 90s retro future setting, 20 tracks, intense one-on-one -on -one racing, scaling the races down, the duels adds ex extra excitement, 16 different driving styles, every car in Eternal Drift is electric and has unique driving style. Kind of cool. Kind of cool little game. Um, looks like it's going to be in like the same vein as like a, like a you know, Burnout or sort of like that. All I get from this game is drifting. Kind of, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like that Asphalt 9 game that Callus plays that sh he shows off on Twitch. Uh, not Twitch, Twitter. Um, but maybe it has less to do with, like, tricks and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, it has more to do with drifting. There's also a game called, um, Drift, Dren, uh, Drifting Zen or Zen Drifting or something like that that also has a very big focus on that. Uh, Greedy Waffle asks me with an Ask Me Anything redemption, favorite dinner meal? Cannot be Chipotle or Firehouse. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of lasagna, obviously. Um, I also really like enchiladas, right? Chimichangas, stuff like that. Uh, also, I'm a big fan of Chinese dinner. So, uh, you know, like uh, teriyaki chicken, teriyaki steak. I think my favorite, probably that'd be uh, egg foo young is probably my favorite Asian food. Egg foo young. Uh, as for like normal things, I mean, I love buffalo chicken. You guys know that. Buffalo chicken. Um, and wings, obviously. Wings. Is that enough for you? I think so. Alright guys, uh, the giveaway. Uh, we're gonna close the giveaway. Um, the giveaway is for Osir, oh, the Insult Simulator, which is on Steam. So if you want to, join in. Just uh, exclamation point giveaway. Um, 
uh, you can do that now. We're going to close the giveaway really soon. Also, if you guys want to join the Discord, go ahead and join the Discord if anyone here is not a part of the Discord. Uh, so it's an easy way to keep in touch with me and with everyone else in the community. Um, and uh, yeah, you can you can uh, you can join you can you vote on games as well that we play. So in the Discord, you vote on games and stuff like that that I will play on stream. And if you're a Twitch subscriber, you some you every so often every three games we play, you get to pick which games go into the vote, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, you never have to you know cheer or um, you know give bits or donate or subscribe or anything like that. It's just uh, just something that I like to give people who you know play uh, or, or are willing to do that kind of stuff. So anyways, like I said, join the Discord if you want to. We always welcome new people with open arms, and uh, we, I try to keep it uh, lighthearted in there. And if you want to, just join the giveaway right now. We're closing it right now. So the giveaway is, is closing. We're closing the giveaway, guys. And we're going to pick a winner. And the winner is Punisher. Punisher, do you want the game? Oh, sir. Oh, sir. He says he'll take it. You know what? You know what, guys? Callus, you win the game too. And you know what? Greedy Waffles, you win the game too. You know what? Coco, if you're in... Uh, you have to be in the you have to be in the chat, though. Coco, if, if you're here, I'll give you the game too. Everyone, everyone who entered gets the game. How about that? Everyone who entered gets the game. It's that cheap, guys. So there you go. Everyone gets the game. You get a game. You get a game. So if you didn't join the game giveaway... Wah, wah, you lost. What? So we'll, I'll, I will gift that game to you guys later. Um, so there you go. It's called Oh Sir, the Insult Simulator. So yeah, everyone who entered the giveaway gets the game today. Um, Coco's not here. <laughs> Coco's not here. So I don't. Uh, I'll, I'll. You know, I'll still give the. I'll still gift the game to him. I'll still have to give the game to him. Like I said, guys, if you want to join it, or if you want to know what the game is that we're giving away, I usually post it in Discord before the stream. Uh, and I also mention it here. And then also, if you guys want to share clips, promotions, anything like that, the Discord is also a good place to go to as well. Link down below or exclamation point Discord. All right, let's go ahead and find someone to raid a Rooney. If anyone has anyone in they that they, they are interested in raiding, just let me know. We always like to raid new people, but, you know, raiding our friends is also fun as well. Odom's live. This guy is German. Die Elite get gate rein in die Butcher. Um, sometimes, sometimes I recommended have some cool people. Meat Crit Canyon is live, playing Modern Warfare. Wasn't I following him? He's the guy who does art streams. Oh, he's a little bit different than I thought he was going to be. I've never actually seen him. Um, Casper Sight, playing Cruisine Royale. Or we could raid Odom. Sharp Sharpie? Oh, that's her. She's playing Animal Crossing. Sharp Sharpie? She's playing Animal Crossing right now. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Punisher's girlfriend? Is that Punisher's girlfriend? What is this Oprah nonsense? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, um, like raiding maybe Odom or Casper Sight. What do you guys think? Uh, vote now. Or we could raid Sharp Sharpie if you really want to. Casper. 
Casper? What is Cousine, what is Cousine Royale, anyways? Do it. Punisher says Odom. Looks like Shinobi's voting for Casper. Pun uh, Callus is voting for Casper. Alright, uh, looks like we're gonna be rating... Let's see. He's playing Cuisine Royale. What the hell? What is this? Alright guys, we're going we're going with Odom. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not I'm not a big fan of whatever that is. Alright, so once again, thank you to everyone who came around to the stream. I appreciate it. If you want to join into the raid, I'd appreciate it. Our hashtag is Ferret Raid. If you have yummy pog emotes, make sure you spam those in the chat. You know I love to see that. Um, thank you to everyone who joined the stream today. Also, big thanks to Greedy Waffles for the bits and Coco Gamer for the host. Thanks to everyone who joined the stream, including fellow Punisher, Greedy Waffles, Callus, uh, Shinobi Nando. Also, thanks to Shinobi Nando for joining us in the in the podcast. Tarot Skull and also um, uh, is was what was his name? Spect Ray. Thank you, Spect Ray. And anyone else who is currently uh, lurking, as I thank you as well. Alright guys, uh, thank you once again. I'm Yummy the Ferret, and you know what they say, guys. Uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Alright. Bye-bye. Yeah.